0: Right check with Griffin and David Right check with Griffin and David Don't know what to say or to expect All you need
1: to know is that the name of the show is Right check Pod podcast pod podcast Pod podcast pod podcast Pod podcast <laughs> pod podcast I knew it <laughs> But what else am I gonna do? I don't know. I yell and scream. Yeah. and run around the room. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I've seen this movie once before. Okay, I, I so saw this is one of it. the only ones you have seen prior. Correct. I saw it when Fox released it on home video in a fake Disney white clamshell. Yes. right.
2: With the uh, a, a, a not a good dub. A it was ba- only a dub. dub. It was right.
3: only dubs. There were no subs. Right.
1: No, all dubs, no subs. Mm-hmm. Um, so they didn't own
3: the Japanese.
1: Uh, David's holding up a no bits phone case.
3: Oh, you're in trouble. Uh this episode, Davy Sims.
1: There's gonna be some bits.
3: There's gonna be when JD Amato's in town, <laughs> the bits come rolling in. Hey. Oh. Blanket. Thank it. Don't touch me.
1: <clears throat> I haven't puked in months. Oh yeah. Wow. Wait, wait. Before we even
3: talk, let's Puke do, update. we have to do a, a health update.
1: Okay. Oh
3: my I was gonna say, I know I know Ben's not feeling great.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm okay. I'm fine. Okay, I'm Just like some prescription. You had, you're, you're, you had a bad night. You had a bad night. You're
1: having a, a, a prescription transition. Right, exactly. Yeah.
3: Your you're
2: life. you're like, you know, you're from going from one port to another port in a storm, so it's a little mm. like, yeah. Mm. Right, right.
4: Yeah, I'm getting off antidepressants, and That's sometimes not it's it. uh, not fun when sure. uh, you're in between pills yeah. and you feel like your head is falling off. Oh, you're not going to puke any on. putine? Nope. No, I wouldn't
3: do that to you. Thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, David, how are you feeling?
2: Um, well, when I was on vacation, I uh, hurt my back at one point, like lower back. How'd you hurt it? Who knows? You know, bending to pick something up, doing dialogue. I think there's, a, I think there's a <laughs> it, story here. It David's was, not telling us. it. It yeah, was yeah, that. Cla- so, yeah. <laughs> oh boy, no. I like it was one of those classic things where I'm like bending to pick up a bag, and then suddenly I'm like, why am I in like insane amounts of pain? Yeah, you know, and like you have to like sit down, and you're like. Why
1: isn't it going away? Right. I I have no frame of reference for this. Um is it better now? Yeah. Yeah, so but it's do you, think like you just quinge? told something. Okay, it's just little
2: Um it. yeah, if it, if it persists, I will I guess go to an orthopedist or whatever. Have you ever gotten a good massage? Um yes, not in a while. I'd love to get one.
1: Like a
4: good massage? Like a good massage.
3: Uh Ben's doing the uh devil horns. Devil horns? <laughs> devil horns. Yeah. okay.
1: I I just I just got a good <laughs> massage and I had not uh, gotten a massage in ten years. Okay, a because I was like, it feels like, yeah, I don't know, it's like too fancy, and also I was like, I don't want anyone touching. Me. Oh, you see, I'm fine with the touching, but yeah, you know, it's, it was yeah, both it's things it's combined. A, it's but a, it's I was extravagant. Like, Man, this yeah. is really, really a, a pleasant thing. Yeah, absolutely
3: I, my, I think you gotta go for the whatever the 80 minute 90
4: minute
2: oh the true like experience yeah, because Where they once, have the
4: cold stones yeah. and the hot stones there's that cold one I just do the one that's
1: I got a cold stone creamery massage <laughs> yeah. they put mixins into an ice cream on my back yeah, right, <laughs> they were yeah. like mushing the cookie dough in Yeah, and the <laughs> only on my vertebrae
3: <laughs> and if you tip them they sing a song yeah. about your happy body happy
2: birthday happy birthday I've never been to cold stone creamery Really? Uh, never. Are you not an ice cream guy? Not an ice cream guy. So wow. it's never, I mean, like, I'll get ice cream, but, like, I, I don't seek it out, so. I hey, feel like slab I don't. it, dab it. Uh, <laughs>
1: sure. You've heard Randy's bit. <laughs> slab it, dab it. JD like that. You've heard Randy's bit about Cold Stone creamery. right? Randy Newman? Coldies? No, Randy the stand-up that everyone
2: loves. Oh, you mean, uh, like, from funny people? Like, Randy! Yeah. You know what's uh, crazy, though? Because sure. people
1: talk about joke theft all the time. Aziz Ansari has that exact same bit. Aziz Ansari has that exact
2: same personality. It's weird. It's almost like, hmm. Well, no, no, but it was a parody. It was a, it was a parody of a type of a comedian.
1: I just think it's a funny thing that Aziz had these jokes. Right. At the time, he was a low-energy comedian. Right. Then he did Randy, which was his parody of an energy comedian. Yeah,
2: his parody of Dane Cook. But right.
1: he used his own material. Right. And, and then, then people loved Randy, and he was like, what if I deliver all my material this? Is like my this is my thing. Oh, I'm so famous. But instantly. He used his own jokes know. to play a comedian who's shitty. Yeah. But don't we
0: all,
1: <laughs>
2: don't we all sometimes that
3: take a parody of ourselves yeah. and it's truly what we hope to be.
2: Yeah. Oh, you mean like sort of an aspirational
3: thing. Yes, it's a, it's yeah. a way to test the waters for a version of yourself that you don't have the, the, the boldness to achieve in the moment.
1: Yes, I found a vehicle for that. It's called Blank Check with Griffin and David. Hell it's a yeah. podcast about filmographies. Directors who have massive success early on in their career and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion products they want and sometimes those checks clear... And sometimes they ride the cat bus baby right. into the woods. <sighs> a, a breath of air. This is got, okay, first and foremost. This is Ministers in the films of Hayao Miyazaki. <sighs> okay, go. It's called Howl's Moving Podcast. Yep, Is it? Or Podcastle mm-hmm. in the Sky. No, no, it's Howl's Moving Podcast. That's Podcastle what the fans chose.
2: The fans chose Howl's Moving
1: Podcastle. I wanted Podcastle in the Sky, but they went with uh, Howl. Or Pods Moving Castle was the other idea. Mm, Sure. Yeah. I thought Podcastle was just like, he's got three castle titles. Yeah. It's nice if you can keep Podcast intact. We rarely have that opportunity.
2: Right. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree, too. That's why I wanted Podcastle in the Sky. But it's a little vague. Yeah. And our podcast is is not in the sky, but it is sometimes about the sky.
3: I also think my podcast Totoro would be good.
1: Would it, though? (laughs) Is that is that would that yes. be good?
3: Yes, I think my podcast hero would have been excellent,
1: or my neighbor Podocast. My mm.
3: podcast, my podcast neighbor zero,
1: <laughs> Podcastero. This is like, like a trend the line, line on <laughs> the graph. Yes, yeah. yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> zero dollars.
2: Oh.
3: oh, I mean, oh, do you have more left down. to do your thing? The opening?
1: No, we're 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 here, of course, with J D Amato.
3: I'm J D Amato. And I love movies. thank it. thank it.
1: Is this five or six?
3: I mean, I well, you know what? Let's get into this. Yeah. Because uh, I feel that I have been tossed around like a rag doll. <sighs> oh, right. in so you already the did all this to me the other day. <laughs> yes, but now this is on the record.
2: Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's been a stressful time. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, really. I get put on.
3: I've been I've been scheduled to do, okay. There's 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 a secret podcast. We already talked about that. This is
2: your eighth podcast if you include Corpse Bride. It's my eighth. No, there's no way. Yeah. Digital filmmaking.
3: Okay. One.
2: War of the Worlds. Two.
3: Speed, speed racer. racer. Three.
2: Starship Troopers. Four. Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Five. Talking the Walk Twenty Eighteen. Uh, Corpse Bride. Six. This. Seven. Oh, okay. Did I say eight? Yeah. yeah. All right. I was counting wrong. Okay. Okay. Does Do the Patreon episodes count?
1: Well, I think they kind of do. It's sort of nominally another show, but, like, it kind of counts. Here's what I think. Can I tell you my theory? Yeah, okay. When you go on to, like, the Wikipedia uh, most SNL, like, most frequent SNL hosts. Sure. There's, like, Paul Simon up there. Sure. And they're, like, only hosted, like, three times, but then a musical guest, like, mm-hmm. this many times. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's a bracket thing, where I go, yeah. like... Six pure appearances, well, plus one Patreon. Well, you know?
3: I I felt that I was put in a bracket in that situation, because I was for I was I was put I was to. put into a, a golden bikini and dragged on jo- Jabba's sail barge <laughs> and forced to perform. No for, objections from me. Forced to perform for all of your. Uh, if
2: someone could get on a Photoshop with that uh post haste that'd be great. Thank yeah. you,
3: Aristocrats.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't you didn't like us. Uh... Putting uh, you behind the
3: paywall. And behind now paywall. I'm here back with the people. The okay. real
2: people. Right,
1: and there's your blank check that you want to cash. Your, your sort of crazy passion project episode, which will be coming out in 2020. It's on, 2020. It's on the spreadsheet, baby.
3: I work for the art form. I work for no man.
1: And
4: I love that. And I I honestly appreciate that. (laughs) And and When Ben says he loves that, he doesn't mean it. He means that he doesn't love it. For me, I love that. But I just got to say that, unfortunately, it's got to be postponed. And I did the best I could. It's happening
2: next year. It's It's happening next year. You know what? We're
4: here. I'll talk to him. I'll All right, oh, okay. I would love we're here to, to talk
2: about my neighbor to Totoro. Yeah. Come on, this is so arcane, guys. Well,
3: we knew this <laughs> was what? already okay. You know what? Oh, Jesus, he's I'm, mad at me. I'm instituting a rule for this episode. If I ever feel like David's hurrying us along, I'm going to I'm going to record something later that Ben will have to put in <laughs> to extend it. You don't
2: have that power.
3: Yes, I do. I
4: mean,
5: he does. Do have mean to he does? He's just like, yeah, he does. He does. And insert clip here. Why are you calling me, J.D.? What is this?
3: David, I feel like I let you guys down. Oh, Jesus. I've been up all night for the past several weeks. Just, (laughs) I feel like I I blew the episode, David. Should I I have
5: not texted you a couple weeks ago saying, like,
3: oh, yeah, the episode's a disaster, but don't worry about it. Any favor that I did myself with the Billy Lynn episode, I think I've thrown in the garbage with this episode.
5: Yeah, but that's great, isn't it? Like, it's sort of you're you're like Ben Affleck. It can be like sort of rise and fall, rise and fall, right? You're like you too.
3: Yeah, but here's the thing. You know? I
5: just I love. This is like rattling. This is your rattling hum. This but is... then you're going <laughs> to surprise us all with an octoon baby. Oh,
3: but I just love My Neighbor Toter. It's one of my favorite movies
5: of all time, and I feel like I didn't do okay. it a service. Hey, look. Because I love it. This is this is the way the business goes. For anyone listening at home, this is genuine.
0: I
3: know. is
5: isn't some I mean it is a weird JD bit, but it's also genuine.
3: Well, I just it's my one of my favorite movies of all time.
5: I'm glad you love it. I love it too. It's very good. Uh, ben seemed really stressed out when I saw him yesterday. That's always a good sign. Stressed out by the episode? <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> oh man.
5: He was basically like, I want to cut this, 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 and this, referring to, like, four sections of the podcast. And we were like, oh, uh, sure, cut some of that. Not all of it. Yeah. I just And didn't... I love you, J.D. You're doing fine.
3: Thank you, David. The fans love J.D. Yeah, I think they're not going to love me after this. I think they're going to be mad that I didn't do a service to Totoro. Oh, don't apologize.
5: Who cares? You're donating your time to us. This is the whole thing. People, like, get mad at the guests sometimes, and I'm like, you understand, like, they are putting themselves out. They are giving us their time. They're watching a damn movie, sometimes more than one movie, and like coming to the studio and putting up with our nonsense. Like It's, it's, a, it's a service. We thank you for your service. Well,
3: I'm sorry, David. I'm sorry that I've done this to your Totoro episode.
5: Jesus Christ, you got to relax, man. <laughs> You're doing great. We're all doing okay. Well, we have just gotta cling on to the people we love. You know, it's a tough time in the world.
3: I agree. I love you, David. Love you too, buddy. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Sheesh. Thank you, thank you, for, thank you for this phone call.
0: <laughs> of course.
3: <laughs> Wacko. Uh. <sighs> <laughs> that was that was me explaining, now there's going to be a clip of me explaining my favorite Jackie Chan movies. <laughs> <laughs> so there, now we're back from J.D.'s Jackie Chan movies.
2: Alright. Yeah. Should I get that um, Police JCs. Story Criterion?
3: Uh, I think so. I yeah, have it, it's great. I, I want to get that. Alright, we agree. Oh, I gotta make a note, I gotta record this uh, <laughs> These Jackie Chan. You
1: know, we talked a lot about recently. Go ahead. The live action, no CGI, no makeup, Donkey Kong film we want starring Russell Crowe. <laughs> oh my I forgot god, how is
2: it no makeup as well? He has to
1: do it Elephant Man it's Elephant Bradley Man. Cooper right, right, style. Right.
3: Wait, so the wait. Well, hey. So this is Russell
2: Crowe. It's Russell Crowe will just he will just be Donkey Kong. He gets Kong. the tie. I mean? We give him the tie. We'll give him the tie, he can have a banana, he can have a barrel, he can ride a swordfish, which is something he does often. Uh-huh. Uh, in the video game. Uh-huh. I'm trying to think of other Donkey Kong things. You can pound the ground. We're not doing this Lion King style. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. This, yeah, right. No Lion King. No mocap No, No Jim Henson Creature <laughs> Shop. But also, it's like, we're also not doing this uh, movie style where they uh, put makeup on. They've been doing that for about 100 years. Yeah. And we're like, no. No. So here's
3: the question to you
2: Is this going to be a fully naked Russell Crowe? Oh, he has to be naked? The tie a, is going to be very long. In a red tie. <laughs> So it's like Beowulf, where I like it's this. always yes. blocking his genitals, it's, it's, to the it's extent like, that you're sort of like can only think yeah.
1: about how it's blocking. It's Like his the genitals. opening of Spy Who Shagged Me.
3: No, it should be it should be attached to his
2: wiener. <laughs>
1: okay, Tied around it. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh
2: Jesus! And who's playing Diddy Kong? I forgot. I forget. Someone will Whoever tell. Whoever said it. Miles Teller? Whoever's yeah. you know? Whoever's uh, always uh, on those lists? What's his name? Harry uh, Styles. Big head. Big
3: head.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, no, no, Diddy Kong's head's not that big. This is what I was gonna say. What are you
3: talking about?
1: I mean, compared to Donkey Kong. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck
3: are you talking (laughs) about, David?
1: David. Not compared to Donkey Kong. Relative to the size of his body. David. David
3: Diddy Kong's got a
1: big ol' head. The rule of thumb is that most people are like five or six heads tall, right? Yes. Or more. If you remember, Diddy Kong is one head tall.
3: No. What are you well, talking about? Two heads tall. Two heads about? tall. David. Two heads tall. What
1: the fuck are you talking Jesus about?
3: Jesus Christ. Look well, at how
1: big his head is, how little his In, body is.
3: Griffin, this man's a journalist. This is insane. This, The Atlantic <laughs> hires <laughs> Not you. Not only am I, I a journalist. Th- a
2: paper of record. I'm that- the one who is planning to do a Donkey Kong podcast on this feed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Donkey Kong Mother podcast. Motherfucker. No, I'll tell you who has a big head. Ooh. Oh, boy. Here he comes. Say Jack. Oof. Baby Kong. That's
3: a big old man. David, I would argue Baby Kong's head is smaller than Diddy
1: Kong's I would argue they have almost identical proportions and if anything. He's got big arms.
2: He's got big arms and a big belly. The head is bigger. It's not. Big head.
1: Not true. Diddy Kong has a more insane head to body ratio. What I was going to say is, it's crazy we've been doing this podcast for over four years. Right. David, you and I have been friends for, like, five or six years now. Oh, yeah. And uh, I didn't realize until this Maybe moment in time that you're literally the dumbest person alive. <laughs> the fuck Number one this dumb is dumb. This is a very
2: hostile to David podcast so far.
1: Here's- considering it's about
2: one of the gentler movies ever well, made. Well, also, this, this, <laughs> this is revenge for
3: that's multiple recordings where I've come in and you've been on you've been in a mood it was just one and you already
2: litigated that on another appearance (laughs) (laughs) do we have to litigate (laughs) it again (laughs) I think that was like the Starship Troopers episode and then like the Billy Lynn we had to have half an hour talking about that you were in such a mood you
1: made me vomit
2: No, I know what made you vomit, my
1: friend. A certain dish of French fries and
2: gravy <laughs> uh, that you had at a certain Brooklyn bar. Okay, this is what I was going to say. We call that the
3: French special. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Dauphin. Police
1: Story 2. 2- hey, please take that name out of your mouth. <laughs> Police Story 2 ends with essentially a live action version of the original Donkey Kong. Like, where Jackie Chan is on right. like yeah. ladders right. and rafters avoiding barrels that are being thrown at him. Like, it's a good format. Fucking rules. It's a good visual adventure format. And here's the second thing I'm going to say now. JD, yes. Perhaps we've taken advantage of our friendship with you, your loyalty to the podcast, your popularity with guests, and flipped you around a little bit, tossed you around a little bit. But we did say, like, six, seven months ago, we were like, Miyazaki's on the books. Yep. This is exclusive. No one knows this yet. You get first crack at any Miyazaki you want. No one has put in for any Miyazaki, you get to pick anyone. Yes. And you said, I can do Totoro, and I said, it's yours. My Neighbor Totoro,
3: I believe, is the greatest animated film of all time, in my opinion. Wow. Um, and as much as I'm doing bits in this podcast, and I've got a table of contents about 10 items long, I nothing to do with this movie. Mm-hmm. I, this movie, I believe, is one of the most wonderful movies of all time. It is my... I have an official top ten that I've formed. Mm-hmm. Sure. You're it's, like your top ten. It it's top ten. It sits on my wall in my apartment. It, it, okay. Like a
1: blockbuster staff. Oh, so condition. like you
2: have it like the the DVDs or yes, whatever or like pretty, yes. arranged.
1: Okay. Can I see how many of them I can guess? Uh yeah, absolutely. Labyrinth? Okay, okay so I have two different lists. Oh I oh, want you have to like you. a favorite right. and a best. I
3: have my I have my yeah. I mean they're both favorites, but no, one but is movies it. that I think are the Represent best. cinema right. and one that's like, listen, I get it if you don't like these movies. Fa- right. I just, just
1: say favorite and best.
3: Yes. Yeah. We can okay, say So I think
1: I can do the cinema list.
3: Okay, do the cinema list.
1: Okay. Cinema list. My neighbor Tortoro. Okay. Playtime. Yep. Uh Dog Day Afternoon. Yep. Um fuck, Muppet Movie is on this list. Right? Yes. Right. That's taking sort of the labyrinth spot spot on the yes. cinema list yes, versus yes, yes, the yes, personal yes. list. The other ones are tough. Uh here's a hint. Oh Monica Mana. Yep. Nailed it. Okay. We saw that together. Yes. Um, there's another documentary. There's another documentary on the list. God. There's
3: actually two documentaries right now, but one of them is going to get bumped off soon.
1: Uh, Is it Nero Morris? No. It's not Hoop Dreams, right?
3: No. Although Hoop Dreams is is very good.
1: Ugh, I feel like I know this.
3: It's not a, a filmmaker who made almost anything else after this film.
1: Oh, Maybe. is it American Movie? No. Movie. He made lots of movies. Right. I yeah. forgot that. Yeah.
3: It's Hands on a Hard Body.
1: Oh, Hands on a Hard Body. Course, That's favorite of course, of, course, yeah. of course, of course, of course, of
3: course. Then what else is in there? Is The Red Shoes?
2: Great movie. Oh, yeah. Not my personal pal and Pressburger, but, uh, I mean, I, indisputable. Yeah. Mine's Colonel it. Blimp. Yours is Life and Death, right? Mine is Life and Death. But, I mean, Colonel Blimp is also pretty indisputable. Yeah. My mother's favorite movie of all time is I Know Where I'm Going, so that was sort of like a big...
1: Haven't seen that one.
2: It's fantastic. Maybe one day we'll do... Uh, David's mom. That would be the one to do for David's mom. I would mom. love to just oh. do them.
1: Yeah, they might.
2: You might want to put some lines. We put some brackets the, on yeah, it. Yeah. Um. Oh, uh, what are the
3: other? Sorry, I'm sorry. Marqueta Lazarova Oh.
0: Okay.
3: oh sure, wow. Yeah, right. Right. Okay. I mean, if you watch that film, it's yeah, it, you're, it's a you're it's insane. Um, and then I have a Kurosawa spot that I, I oh, you I, sort I, of like I very controversially put Kurosawa's dreams.
1: I was gonna guess that was that's the one. Best movie.
3: It's that's not, a very JD movie. It's not, but it, yeah, I was gonna I love guess. that movie. It's. I think it's. I saw it very early, mm-hmm. and so there's so many moments. I had a friend who was like that. that like that, that just was an him. early movie, an early I, art movie. For I him. understand that it's not his best work, and there's other work, movies that I. I do know, are but that one I just think sums up so much of what's great and beautiful. I don't know what now. my favorite
2: Kurosawa is, though.
4: I don't know. I don't um, know. For me.
2: Oh
3: yeah, so here's good
4: time.
1: Is on my list.
3: Good time's on yes. his list. So here's my. Here's my thing.
1: You made this announcement as if you it was made going it to so shock many us. times. Yeah.
3: So, uh, the, on my um,
1: JD has two pages of notes here. One of them's typed. One of them's
3: handwritten. The typed one has a table of contents of things that we're going to discuss today okay. that aren't uh, my neighbor Totoro. But one of them is going to get crossed off, and it's I need you guys to tell me Totoro is my number three best movie of all time. Okay? Mm. What sure. are your number three movies of all
1: time? I don't know that I have a top. And once one, again, not favorite, but like if I was ranking like ultimate cinema.
3: Yeah, but it's all it's all uh, combined and intermashed. I my my number one is Playtime. My number yeah. two is Dog Day. Yeah. Number three is Totoro. Well,
1: yeah. That's, I mean,
2: okay. but I, I've said my top three. Yeah. I don't have a ranking. I guess I could attempt yeah. a ranking. My, you have to attempt a ranking. That's what I'm asking. Like yeah, my, the second, I have to attempt a ranking. Yeah. My favorite movies of all time. I think so.
1: My top three films, right. I know this.
2: <laughs>
3: Here we go. Then. <laughs> okay. Right. See, I know this. David's stretching. He's doing yeah. like a, a, a pitcher's oh warm up. Right. See.
1: My top three are Toy Story 2, Brewster McLeod, and Robocop. Okay. So, so Robo-Cop. I would say Robocop. And I, if I were making the ultimate cinema list, I think Robocop would also take my number three slot. Wow. That's I think great. I probably, if I'm going ultimate cinema, Nashville's my number one. Like, Nashville's the, like, gun in my head, I think this is the best movie. Yeah, I'm I was made.
2: thinking about an Altman for my number three. Too. That That is
1: my, like, if you ask me to say what I think is the ultimate statement in the medium, I, I think it's Nashville. I think RoboCop would be number three on both lists. Wow. And I'm trying to think what my number two would be. Because I've tried to assemble what my sight and sound would list would be. Right. And much like you, it's, like, the difference between the two is me swapping out personal favorites from certain directors yeah. for what I think is empirically their best.
3: Yeah. Like on my on my personal list, I got Labyrinth. I got an Ernest movie. Right. I got a lot of stuff on there that I I'm not going to sit here and try to defend to, to uh to Ao Scott more like Bo Scott. Hey, you you got it, in guys. There. You promised that you would
2: laugh. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> this is a joke that was made before the podcast, 45 minutes ago, and guys. we kind of went like, "Ha!" Huh. No, we we gave it a so real we laugh. Laugh, we laugh at the we time. Laugh. We laugh. We laugh. We, I'm sorry we weren't on the ball. I'm just thinking about this top three question. I'm yeah, curious. You totally fucked it David's me top three
3: is. That's heard, great. This is a movie podcast. Is this not? Do we not love movies in this room? My yeah, name's Griffin can. Newman and I love movies. My name's... My name's JD Amato and I
1: love movies. Blanket. My name's Blanket. David
2: Sims I love movies. I feel like I've heard <sighs> you
1: say McCabe and Mrs. Miller's your number one. It's up there. It's up there. I, I have a letterbox list. Okay, what's uh, that's like? Uh,
2: the, I don't believe it's public, but uh, that it, it is a uh, top. Mm. Um, but it, it's sort of a loose list, like it's yeah, not like sure. a. a yeah. but it was, I will say, number one. Loose uh, list, uh, a loose li- loose right. list. But but now I'm sort of loose
1: like, list.
2: You know, I'm looking through what Ship. I've got on here. Yeah. Spirited Away is on this. This is mm. 50, hey. there's a 50 film list. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh yeah, some of these things I've grown to love maybe even more. Some of these things, mm, I'm I, you know like maybe I've sort of forgotten mm-hmm. a little bit. Yee Yee, Edward Yang's Yee Yee is oh. currently number three on that list. So Wow. Okay. Let's, let's just make that official. That's your three. I Robocop's
1: my three. Totoro's your three. Ben, do you
2: um, have a three?
4: I mean, what comes to mind is when go. I saw Enter the Void, Ooh. that was right. like a really big, like, whoa, yeah. kind of moment for me. So I, I don't know. That would be probably three. Okay. Enter the Void. I love it. You don't even know what one and two are. I don't. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But that's He's like got, a that's a cinema experience if, that sticks out. If to we're me. really
2: doing a uh only vulgar tour bracket next year, Gaspar Noé's got to be on there. <laughs> yes. I mean,
1: Ben might really have a lot of influence. We might call it the Ben bracket. Right, cuz it might be Gaspar Noé. <laughs> yeah, Michael Winterbottom. Harmony Korine. Oh
2: my god. Michael Winterbottom would be the death of this podcast cuz
1: it would be like 25
2: unwatchable movies. Yeah. Uh, this week <laughs> imagine a winter imagine a world of mature Okay, I think the takeaway here is the world is shit and you will die. Tristan Uh, Shandy,
1: a a pod and cast. That's a a good movie. He's made
2: like eight good movies. He's also just made like 16
1: other movies. movies.
3: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Also, what would his blank check be?
2: Like The Claim. (laughs) <laughs> like he 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 did like a the a, trip
1: his franchise the
2: trip he's yeah. got his big franchise I mean, yeah. he's made movies like the claim where you're like
1: who gave him money for this yeah
2: where he like made like a frontier version of Thomas Hardy's The Mayor of Casterbridge starring like Wes Bentley did, that's like a movie
1: didn't he do a sci-fi film yeah, with, with Code Tim Robbins and, and, yeah right I was trying to remember the
2: right it's one of those sci-fi movies where it's kind of like. They're in a greenhouse because it's the future, you yeah. know, like where they they tried their best, you know, with the sets.
3: I also feel like his name sounds like something from like Michael Winterbottom, one of the late uh, like uh, Frosty the Snowman spinoffs where it's like <sighs> Mr. Heatmiser and right, Mr. Right. Winterbottom. To me, yeah. it,
2: he just yes, sounds like the yes. stuffiest English director. They're like, oh, Michael Winterbottom. He's like, yeah. Yeah, I, Winterbottom. I, I made a film that's just unsimulated sex and concerts. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's a movie I made. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you're like, Oh, oh, OK. Oh, all right. So he's not like the stuffiest guy. All right, fine. What else? Come on. But, I mean,
3: okay, we can go through the list, or we can talk about Totoro. I feel like we can maybe spice some of these in. Oh, okay. okay. you want
2: to sort of I feel back like we can forth. back back. All right. We're here to Just talk. Just so the
3: audience has something to look forward My to. My
2: Neighbor Totoro. It's a pretty plot light movie about a big old creature who lives in the woods and a couple of girls who meet him.
3: Okay. I mean, that's true. Know.
2: Yeah, it's true. It's also not true. I, I know what But you're what
3: I feel like is what's... Uh, okay, so... The, I truly believe that this is animation at its absolute finest. Of what the the medium of Keep animated talking. storytelling.
2: You 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 lay down your marker, but now build on
1: it. Can I give you some stakes on this JD's episode too? So mad at
2: wow, me! I did David. that deliberately. I will admit. I wanted to, I wanted to make a bet.
3: Can I give you some? stakes? Also, David always gets frustrated because the way that I talk sometimes is I will like
2: you. You sort of like I'll, you're I'll like, like a, a preacher. Before. You're kind of like. So to remind you all, the best animated movie of all time is My Neighbor Totoro. Yes. Like you know, like just exactly. a sort of like I want to establish some
1: narrative stakes for this episode. Oh my god! <sighs>
2: okay. this episode seems light. You're right. Let's put something else in there. Ha, <laughs>
1: Saw this movie when I was, like, six or whatever. Oh, you were so you were a little kid? I was little. It was whenever it first came out on VHS. I think, like, 95. Did your parents just be like, here's a cartoon? I feel like even twice my parents were like, this is the one, like, everyone's talking about. This must be amazing. This guy
2: is, you like animated films. This guy is so renowned. And I think I
1: rented it and was like, I don't get this. Didn't finish watching it. And then I remember at school... It was like a rainy day or something, and they were like, "We're gonna watch this movie." And I sat there, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, I love Totor!" Because I grew up in fucking New York City. You grew up, you went to private hippie, school, yeah. You know, so everyone was like, rich, "I have to show yeah, my kid like the edge, like yeah, the fucking." Yeah. I mean,
2: I think for the night. I mean, even now, it's right. still like, oh yeah, yeah, Disney's okay, but I make sure my kid totally. watches Miyazaki. Right, okay, yeah. you're
3: cr- you're creating these characters.
1: No, because it's me.
2: Like that's what right. I'm gonna be when I have
3: yeah, a kid. A, no, like, no, no, mm-hmm. no. I will
1: say this. Yeah. My my parents were not like that. The other parents at my school were definitely like that. Okay. And I was like, everyone loves Totoro. Everyone's par- I remember my parents being like, did you show Griffin Totoro? My mom was like, yeah, he like didn't really like it. Right. We watched the whole thing at school. I was like, I don't really get this. I remembered it very vividly. Okay. Because like, when we were doing the Michael Mann episodes, two or three times I was like, I remembered a scene that didn't exist in the movie. Right. Whereas, like, this, I saw it, like, once in full. But it like, was still in your head. Like 25 sort of, years right. ago, and I was like, this is in my head. I remembered the song. I remembered a bunch of images, rewatched it. It was one of the movies where I was like, I don't think i get Miyazaki. Didn't even try to really engage with Miyazaki until we decided to do this miniseries. I've been really liking these movies. I watched this one. I certainly like it more. I don't understand it as the top tier of Miyazaki. Oh, my From gosh. what I've been watching. Wow. I got nothing bad to say about it. But I'm watching it and I'm going, there's something here I'm not getting because I think this is very good, but I've been more impressed with almost every other Miyazaki movie I've watched at this point. It's
2: interesting because my automatic response would be, oh, well, you know, it's best to see it when you're a kid. It really is made of like a kid's eye view. Yeah. But like then you're saying, "Like, but I, you did see it when you were a kid. Also didn't register with you then.
1: And here's the weird thing. I understand why it didn't register with me as a kid mm. because I talked about I was very like literal minded in a certain way as a kid. You need to understand sure. like, the, the story types and the structure and the genre and things like that. And so things from other cultures kind of threw me off or things that were more sort of formless or spiritual threw me off. Uh, but the other thing is I now, like, one of my favorite subgenres of film is this, is like sad child, sure, right, isolated, mm-hmm. dealing with loneliness, outside trauma, interweave with fantasy. Like, I love fucking Pan's Labyrinth and, like, Spirit of the Beehive, you know? And even, like, mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for, like, the bad versions of movies that fall into this, you sure. know? Stuber. It's Stuber, obviously. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was just trying to think of the most obvious, not that. Right. So no, I just no, feel on, like this on. is, like, a genre that I love. So what now the fuck's your no problem? Th- I have nothing negative to say about it, but okay. I do, like, I was, like, I could beat myself up for not getting it, but I also know that JD has prepared... A filibuster. Well, and he's going to sell me on the idea that this J- is the greatest J- animated film J- of all D time. Just well, put here's on the a thing. seersucker suit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. And like, he said, I my... say, I say, I say. <laughs> he's dabbing his head with a handkerchief.
3: Here's the thing you're allowed to not have this film touch and speak to you sure. in the way that it does for me or someone else. Yeah. Mm. Um, but to talk about why I think it is perhaps the greatest animated film. That's
1: the argument I want to hear.
3: I want to dial back to what I think is special and magical about animation, which actually
1: touches on a a larger
3: conversation that is about modern films. So Mm -hmm. We're
2: talking about an animator?
3: Good to do. When it comes to drawing and making art physically with your hands, Mm -hmm. I think the beauty of that is that you're taking the real world and the human perception of the real world, right, and you're translating it through your own identity, Mm -hmm. through your own experiences, and then using something that is, an imperfect uh, uh, method to transfer that to something, which is right. your own hands, your ideas, this thing that is inherently flawed. We're not ever going to be able to uh, exactly replicate the real world through our sort of artistic
1: filter, right? And and here's another thing I just want to say. Because sometimes the director comes up and they're like, why would these guys want to cover this person versus this person? Why doesn't this person count as a blank check director? Whatever the thing is. And I think the biggest thing we look for Because the directors we've covered on this show are not necessarily who we think are the best, most important, or our favorite directors ever. Sure. Right? That's not the priority. The priority is people who have that filter. Yeah. Like, the career that's interesting, but also in whatever medium they're working, however they work, at whatever budget level, it's like, people are like, why are you talking about Nancy Myers?" It's like, because every Nancy Myers movie is a filtration of how she sees the world. Right. And her trying through this weird and perfect medium that is so complicated to control to, like— produce the world that she sees. Right. Uh, And animation is the most extreme version of that because you're starting with a blank page. You're not even taking given objects and modifying them.
3: Yeah, and when when you're drawing a picture, right, you're not drawing what's real. You're drawing what you feel. Mm -hmm. The colors, the choices, the size of things, and especially when you get into something as unrealistic as a Miyazaki movie, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's beautiful is that, number one, Miyazaki does a lot of the keyframing himself. It's a lot of drawings and things like that, and it's a very personal story. And so when you're watching an animated film, and a hand-drawn animated film, what you're seeing is a human being Mm -hmm. literally drawing things. And it's going to be flawed, and it's not going to represent reality. What it's representing is a feeling, Mm -hmm. a thing that that hopefully you identify with in some human way, right? And so I think that's what's beautiful animation is that all of the flaws and all of the things that aren't perfect about hand-drawn animation Mm – They are to you reminding you that someone is there making this with their hand. It is a person. It is people behind this that are doing this. It's a JD magic right there. And
1: and this is another point I want to make just tying into the thing I I previously said. There are people who are technically competent who can make a live-action film that doesn't have any personal filter on it like that. But even the most technically inept animator, if they tried to make something, would by nature of the process of animation be telling you about how they see the world. Yeah. Even if they don't have the facility to express it. Right. Because it's everything is from their brain and their hand.
3: Right. And that's why, like, you know, people love like Harvey Picar and someone like that, where it's like, oh, but I feel what this guy's feeling, even though this thing is such a mess. You right. know. But so with discuss the modern context mm-hmm. of this, is that like that's why honestly computer generated animation is sort of it's there's great movies out there, but it feels different to me. Because when you watch it, you are not you're, right. humans are making it and helping yes, make it, right, but, but you're not feeling that feeling of like, ooh, no. that line moved in that small way that's almost imperceptible. And I know that that was a person or those leaves. And like as I, pic, as Pixar stop, gets, I fully and motion with,
1: has the same appeal of like yes. you had to build this thing, you had to place all those individual right.
3: cobblestones. Yeah. And I think that's what's so beautiful about it. And so like when you see these beautiful Pixar rendered things where it's every leaf is perfect, it's like that's mm. great. But what I also love more is when you see like a Miyazaki mat and it's like oh these splotches of green and colors that aren't there but they feel like they're there and suddenly you're transported to these feelings that represent the world around
1: you but aren't actually the world around you do you know what Uh, are weirdly the only CGI movies that I think somehow are able to uh, get at that quality what's that Uh, and I obviously love many CGI movies I think because of their commitment to the physical reality of what they're representing the Lego movies feel like that for me yeah, yeah, there's some of that. Yeah, because yeah. they they like well, are the committed first. to like we're gonna build the fucking models yeah. out of what would be actual bricks. Yeah, so that I feel that sense of like even if it's digitally rendered, look at the idea of yeah. how that would ex- I agree how with that. that would be I built, love the look of those. How movie, that structure would live. Me. Right. Right. But so in talking about
3: My Neighbor Totoro and why I think it's so amazing is that that's what I think is important about animation that 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 mm-hmm. context that feeling right. But then, in a lot of animated films, what you have is you have story that gets put on top of it. And as someone that's trying to make movies and make TV shows and things like that, I'm constantly wrestling with this idea that the world does not fit into story, right? The way that we live our lives, mm-hmm. the way right. that we grow up, age, the moments we have, they're not story. There's, ne- there's almost never a villain. There's almost never a resolution. We all know that things are this morass of experiences and feelings that add up to something that feel important and feel like it has momentum to us. But if you really broke it down, rarely do things make this clear story Mm -hmm. and so one of my problems with a lot of it's not a problem but one of the things that is strange in a lot of movies and especially the earlier miyazaki movies before this is it's like there's bad guys and there's good guys and that's why i like things like guns and weapons and all this stuff is so prevalent is because it's a way to go okay there's this bad thing and here's this thing that can make the bad thing go and it's like it's it's these things that i don't think reflect reality necessarily Mm -hmm. they're fun and i love stories and i love this stuff and so this is not me saying i'm Above this sort, of, but when a movie is able to convey those feelings of what it's like to be a child and those, yes, the, the this is why I love this feelings mm-hmm. around what it's just like to live. Yes. without there having to be a bad guy or a good guy, or even this movie really doesn't even have any real problems in it. No, their mom is sick. You know, yeah, but you it's, know. And it's
1: it's not clear to what extent. And no, and not, and you know, you know at I mean, the start of, of the movie, it's like she's kind of on the mend. She's getting better. They're going to release her soon. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Yes. But the closest ha- thing to a conflict feeling... is a sort of false alarm. But that's, yes, that's but not there even... is
2: the child dread, right. Of that something yes. is not right because mom's not here and she's Total. been sick. And that's what I love. It's right. It's like there's not like someone who's like. I've kidnapped your mother.
1: But it's also interesting that the movie starts at the point where they're like, we've moved to be closer to her, and she's going to get out soon. So even if things are wrong, you're seeing the tail end of things being wrong, Mm -hmm. presumably. The first time I watched this movie, I was like, oh, is the mom going to die? Is this like a movie about- Probably the reason I didn't like it as a child, because I hate movies about parents dying. Mm. Or I did at that age.
3: And I think that's what's so wonderful, is that all these moments in this film that feel like they have- Anxiety and dread. It's not because someone said something. It's because as a kid, when you grow up, everything feels unusual and strange. Yeah, yes. and things that are different
1: upset you. Can I quote Hayao Miyazaki? Yes. That's right. I went back to my book. Okay. So David's got two leather bound volumes. They're not they, leather bound. They both have a crest on them <laughs> a lion holding a scepter. Like, where have I seen that before? <laughs> you bringing that back? Uh, I'm not sure.
2: Interesting. Anyway, uh, open up the book. Um, uh, I recommend buying these books, by the way. okay. There are two books that are basically collections of any interview he ever gave, any essay he ever wrote, any speech he ever gave, like trying to collect like Hayao Miyazaki on the record as best as they can, you know, and they're sort of. Anthologies. So the first one covers the first half of his career. The second one goes as far as I think, like Howl's Moving Castle or
4: something like that. I can find. The While he's t- looking, I just want to say I finally saw the clip of the animation company showing him the zombie-like yes. thing. Yeah, yeah, and him just
1: like being like this quietly is an to life itself.
4: <laughs> but then after
3: after you watch Totoro and then you see him watching it, you like you get why that person would be like, this is not.
2: Yeah. Right. This, this, is is not, unacceptable, this is not acceptable.
3: This is not right? why we create. This is
2: not what I, right? Yeah. Exactly. The first any, one's called Starting Point. The second one's called Turning Point. Is Sorry.
1: there any director we've covered who would like this podcast less
2: than Hayao Miyazaki? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: No. no. Right? No, no, I don't think so. No. no. Yeah. Um, I don't see what the point of this why, is. Why
4: am I hearing a distant uh, boat horn? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: um,
2: so this is an, a long, there's a very long interview <laughs> that he gave about Totoro to um, somebody. And the guy brings up one of my favorite scenes of the movie, which is the early scene where they're running around the empty house. Yes. Oh, my and God. It's such a beautiful sequence. Right. And here's what he says. We've all had that kind of experience. I like that scene. It's not an important one, but we would run around the house, opening the door and being like, "That's the toilet. It's not there." Like, it's really the child's world when uh, your kids do that in front of you. It's noisy, but I so I didn't have to use any directors' tricks in the film. I made, I made it wondering if I really was all right to use so few tricks because it was so easy to direct that. Wow. Um, like he, like he's like that's yeah. just like you know, well me like, like tapping right into my actual life. As a child and as a parent, and you just love of a kid running around a big, empty house,
3: and uh the older sister's running through, and then may, whatever she says, she, may says whatever word she heard, where she's like shower, yes right car or whatever and it's just like it just is that childhood feeling
2: that childhood feeling also when you move in went to a new place yeah. and it's empty, that it's yeah. so big, like yeah. you know what I mean like the I've show. never
4: moved in a house before
2: <laughs> is that a line. You,
4: no, I've you never. He stayed in, the,
1: oh, in right. the
2: same house. He's in, still in the Barry Jeans house. Yeah.
1: Well, I've David, never moved in a we house. We need to
2: get Ben a house. A stash house. <laughs> well, well, oh, wait, wait, wait wait, 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 wait.
1: Ben needs two houses. <laughs> <laughs> well, were you, were you about to set up a bit, Griffin? Uh, house No, for a I mustache. wasn't. I wasn't going to set up a bit, but. As a genuine line of inquiry, you wouldn't have had that experience either because you grew up in New York City and you stayed there your entire life. In
3: apartments, right? So you never had
1: the experience of a house. So
3: I I guess I'm the only one that's really moved. So in
2: 1995, I moved to England. What?
3: Wait, what? Wait, Uh, wait.
4: What? What? So, uh, David
2: moved to Arlington Square in Islington, and was, we were there for two years. We were renting God. that. Islington. That
4: doesn't sound okay.
1: like a place. JD Dizlington? has thrown Dizlington, off his Dizlington, headphones. Not He's standing Dizlington. up in the corner.
2: Islington. Islington.
1: Islington, David.
2: And then in ninety seven, we were like, oh, I guess we're staying in England. Like what? what? <laughs> That was my reaction at the time, and because uh, I had been told we were going to leave soon in Dizzlington. No, so we moved <laughs> to. Dizlington? We we actually bought a house. We moved to Camden. You left Dizzlington. We did. We did. We got. You know what? You we got Dizlington? out of it. <laughs> and I lived in. We lived in Camden for the next eleven years. But who's in Dizzlington? Who's uh, left in Dislington? It's Islington. You who's in Dizzlington? Uh, So no one's in (laughs) Disneyland. Dislington's empty now. No, there's some people there. It's pretty it's a pretty hot neighborhood. And so then you just stayed in Camden. Camden. In Camden? Yeah.
3: (laughs) And so Camden now is you. Dislington is no one. And then you just stay there?
4: (laughs) Yeah. Wait, there's a there's a there's a city called Camden in New Jersey. You're
1: saying there's also a Camden elsewhere? Borough of Camden
2: in London. Oh
4: my god. Wait, what? Wait
1: wait a second, but the one that you The neighborhood was Kenish The one that you moved into was the one in New Jersey, Right? right? Yeah. Camden, New Jersey, the one across the water That's from That's the Philly. one you're saying you moved into? No,
2: the <laughs> borough of Camden in London. Oh, England. What? 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 God, this episode is so long. I can't believe this. For like an 80-minute movie. I can't believe this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Golly. Um, just to bring it back, Golly, I want to point howdy. out that the art director of this film Islington? is named... It's Islington. What, God. I, what happened to Islington then? <laughs> I, it just doesn't
0: exist anymore
3: (laughs) so I want to talk about the subs versus dubs situation because that's an often talked about thing Mm -hmm. I tend to believe obviously the arguments are when you have dubs you get to pay attention to the frame more actively when you have subs sometimes it's a more literal translation and Mm -hmm. so it's more accurate to the spirit of the film but your eye is drawn to the bottom I think it's truly whatever you are in the mood to watch, mm-hmm. whatever suits you in that moment. Sure. But I, I have some issues sometimes with how things are translated, which is an impossible task. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, there is an article that I remember years ago us talking about with when The Wind Rises came out um, that always rubbed me the wrong way a little bit and sort of summed up what I think the, the danger
2: of. The Wind Rises is the absolute worst one to see a dub, in my opinion. That's like so, a film set in Japan. Yes, yeah, so you know, like that. That's that, there's no fantasy. There was a little, but like that's mostly just a film set in a place.
3: So they did an article that I think posted on Vulture that was uh, an interview with Gary Rydstrom who was do, handling the dub. Sure, and they're sort of t- the, the whole point of the article is to talk talk about how careful and good he was at doing this thing. But there are examples. And Gary Rydstrom, who's like a legend, famous, yes.
2: famous, many Oscars. Yes, but the example, the voice of Wally. That's right. Oh, yeah. really?
3: Yeah. Uh, but the examples actually.
1: Wally. Wally. Eva. <laughs> <I'm> trying <laughs> to remember the, the noises just, in Wally. I just
3: was going to say how long we were just. Seven
1: do Oscars he's got. Wow. All right. That is the Pixar that feels the most Miyazaki to me in its own weird way. Sure. Like it's not literally trying to go after it, but it achieves some of the same. Is. Yes, it's yes. very yeah. Um. So I want to I
3: want to read a quote from this article because the the. The article's louding it, but it, it sort of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, so this is about The Wind Rises. It goes, mm-hmm. The article says, Oh, some moments were easier to massage than others. In one scene, Hiro and his engineer, a coworker Hanjo, discuss the lag of Japanese industrialism. They relate their frustration to Achilles and the Hare, a paradoxical parable that Jones and Rydestrom were able to rewire into a mention of the tortoise and the hare while keeping the thematic resonance intact. Those are two totally different sure. fables. Right. They mm-hmm. both have hairs in them. Yeah but they're totally different fables that mean totally different things. Mm-hmm. Okay, I agree with you. And I, I think, think
2: the dubs are bad.
3: And I think one of the, uh, here's another one. Uh, later in li- uh, later in life, the two connect and fall for each other. The duo wrestled with one of Miyazaki's original lies. I've loved you since the day you rescued my hat. Jones found the line ambiguous. Had Yuro loved Nakano before that many years? Is he projecting feelings? We talked it over, and uh, while culturally it might be romantic to a Japanese audience, I thought an American audience it might be a little creepy. But I understood the heart behind it. It was a matter of altering that line slightly. Um, so Jones ultimately changed the line to, I'm in love with you and nothing is going to stop me.
2: Uh, what? I've never watched the dub for that. Like, I'm never watching the That book. is yeah.
3: a colossally different line.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah.
3: And there's another one where it's like.
2: Um, <gasps> he changed the line to, yeah, I'll have a scrambled eggs and white toast. You are my wife
1: and we've been married for 25 years. My name is Mr. Windrises.
3: There's a scene where uh, Hiro's telling Nohoko's father that he wants to be with a daughter and the literal Japanese translation is please give us permission to date. That's not really romantic. Um, so are we Are just ch- going to
2: keep reading from this article about a different movie? We have four so more says,
3: hours to fill. We changed it to I love her very much and I sincerely hope you'll approve. Okay. I think that one of the things that's important about films, especially films that are distributed internationally, mm-hmm. is that you're with it the culture and the references and the customs of that world.
1: And I think. And also, that's how you learn about other places. I think part of what's interesting about watching movies is seeing things you don't understand. Exactly. And so when these things are changed to be more
3: Americanized or to appear like, I just think that takes away some of. The magic of watching a film from someone that's part of a different culture.
1: I, I've told this story, I think, before in the podcast. Mm-hmm. But I went to see Your Name in theaters. Great movie, uh, which didn't get a very wide release. Not at all. Yeah. Um, but in I, America, in America, in America, right? Everywhere else in the world, it was Certainly this fucking blockbuster. hugely
2: successful. In Japan.
1: And uh, so I went to see it, and it was a theater that felt like ninety two percent. Uh, Japanese speaker. Oh, you've you told
2: the story, right. And they, like, there was a reference. And the
1: movie is this right. weird, like, body swap thing. Right. And there's a scene where the girl is in the body of the boy for the first time. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to, like, play along with her friends. And she doesn't know what the fuck's going on, why she's in this boy's body. And they're asking her, like, what she's going to have for lunch. And her answer is, as subtitled, in brackets says female version of fish. And then the right, guys go, right. what? Right, right. And then right. she goes, uh I mean brackets, says male version of fish. Right. And the audience exploded. Right. And I loved that whoever was subtitling was like, look, there's no way to translate this. I'm just going to explain to you what is happening. Right. Because right. there's no way I can put it into your language that will work. There's no equivalent thing. But I was like so appreciative that I saw that with an audience and heard the reaction. That it was you're like, okay, yeah, that lands. There's right. some perfect joke right. that cannot work in any other language, and and I understand that and I respect that. And I don't want them to be like, uh, I'll have the pussy. I mean, the penis. Right. Well,
2: yeah.
1: I, mm, I mean, that is pretty good. Totally
3: I was missing that in Totoro. Yeah. Um.
2: Okay. Can we get back to Totoro? <laughs> talk? Yes. My yeah. question, Ben. How did you
3: like watching Totoro? This is your first time. Yeah.
4: It really caught me, oh my God oh boy <laughs>
2: uh I cried really um, hard Kazuo ogasan mm-hmm. was the art director okay. of this film, yeah. and Miyazaki credits him yes. with the look usually so uh especially the environment mm. uh the the you know the artwork of the movie essentially uh, it is his artwork that allows such a thorough expression of the flavor of the world is how he puts it i, I it's
3: so beautiful and. Here's the other thing, too. It would be one thing to do a film that is just about all of these feelings of being a child and what it's like to have these childhood experiences. And to
1: move and, and be in yeah. the countryside and, yeah, all that. But what I love is, somewhere. is that Miyazaki. God, I don't understand why you're putting such an emphasis on this. It's almost <laughs> like there's a secret you're not telling us.
2: What? We already did the bit. <laughs> what bit?
3: <laughs> Wait, what bit?
1: We oh, doing a bit. What? You have a bit? What? A bit? You've been keeping a bit from us this whole time. <sighs>
3: we just keep doing laps the whole podcast. <laughs> David sort of checked out now mentally.
2: Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a he's little. He's like a out. he's
3: like a soldier, rabbit coming back from war. Um, no, let's let Sims finish. Sorry, okay. David. No, no, you were talking. I was, t- I oh. was interrupted by Greg. Who wanted to take us back to a bit we just did.
2: Literally just did.
3: And we did it more than we needed we
2: to. Very loud and long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really extended the bit. Wh-
1: which bit are we talking?
2: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. This is like we're t- caught in like some wizard spell. where We can't like escape the feedback loop. <laughs> we, we have to keep killing ourselves to re- retry this moment. <laughs> we're Kelsey Grammer in that Star Trek episode.
3: <laughs> that's that's. He didn't go Groundhog Day. Not Russian doll. The modern. No, no. The Happy captain Death of the Day. USS Bozeman yeah. in the wow. exactly. an effect. Um But Miyazaki mm. takes all of his amazing ability in fantasy and imagination and harnesses it to highlight and enhance those childhood feelings. Sure. And he does it in a way where it is not okay. Now we're in this magical world. Nor is it, okay, this stuff is all a dream. It sits in the same middle ground that is the feeling of childhood where to these characters, these things appear to be true and they are emotionally true. Mm -hmm. As a viewer, you understand that they may not be literally true, but also it doesn't matter to you because it's all about the feelings of these experiences. And these characters and these these sort of like mythologies exist to just explain how these feelings feel. Mm -hmm. And I think in doing that, there's so many times I watch it where I just get taken back to being a child, and I'm like, oh my god, I remember, you know, holding my mom's hand in this one moment where I was nervous, or the, you know, there's moments that just feel so. There's a moment in it where um, uh, uh, the older sister's at school, and then May shows up with Granny, and it's like, right. oh, she's been crying all day, right? And May won't say anything; she's right. just cr- she's, she's just totally crying, right? And then finally, when she sees her sister, she like buries her head in her. Such a good. Story. And it's like I remember those moments. Of, I remember when I moved to a new school, yeah. and it was with new kids, and my sister was in the same school, and I was just so terrified. And I just kept asking the teacher if I could see my sister and finally the teacher, literally like that scene, right. brought like, me okay. into the hallway right. and was like, Katie, here's her brother. And I just like – I didn't need I, – I didn't want her to do anything. I just wanted her to be there to be like, it's okay. You, I'm here for you.
1: Wow. There's this thing I think about all the time. It was some like retrospective 15th anniversary, or 20th anniversary, or whatever. Uh, like this movie or no, no, or... of uh, Days and Confused with Link Letter. Sure, sure, sure. And it was like he had done like Slacker, and then that was the period of time where if you made one independent movie, they'd be like, well, obviously, you get to make a seven million dollar studio comedy. Right, right. So he does Days and Confused, and um, uh, he said th- the day when they were shooting. All the kids after the baseball game having to, like, sort of like apathetically do the good game, good game, good game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The executives were like, What the fuck? We don't need this. Right. Like, cut this. This is not important. It doesn't advance the story at all. And he was like, This is the whole movie.
2: Yeah. Sorry. Like, this is unfortunately what you've signed up for. Right. But it was like like his whole philosophy
1: to the movie is that, like, you have to put all these things in that everyone else cuts out of the movie. Absolutely. Right. Because it doesn't seem important. But when you see those moments and you're like, wow, that's this thing I have such a like physical memory of doing over and over again in the same way that like just like running up and hugging somebody crying when you're a child and you can't express what's going on or like looking around the house in that way, just like immediately connects you to a film. And it's like this is the stuff that everyone else cuts out.
3: Yeah. Agreed. And uh, on that note, I'd like to cross up another thing on my list okay. and talk about an experience that's very similar to that. Okay. which was um, a new experience in cinema for myself that um, Griffin, actually, was the one who mm-hmm. introduced me to. Oh boy. And um, I don't know, David, if you've had this experience or, Ben, if you've had this experience. I don't know what the
2: experience is.
3: Um, but I saw uh, Godzilla King of Monsters in 4DX. Yeah,
2: no, fuck that. I'm not doing that. Ben, I believe he's done it. Have you yet to see a 4DX movie? I have yet to see a 4DX. Ben
1: and I have seen two or three together. Yeah, I think about two. I think I've seen over ten in
2: total. I go to a lot of press screenings, Mm -hmm. you know, and they they don't do... Oh my God, if they did a 4DX press screening, that would be my favorite. That would be um, an interesting move to be like... Everyone with a little David Edelstein shot in the face with water. Do you
4: want to get wet or do you not want to get wet? Ben, have
2: you done 4DX? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was, oh, my You God. guys saw Batman uh, V Soup's.
1: We yeah. saw Spider-Verse and 40X together. And Did you? And I feel like yeah. maybe yeah. one more. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. Okay. We've seen a couple 40 so X And together.
2: so you guys saw Godzilla King of the Monsters. So I would like to explain yeah. my
3: experience. Mm-hmm. Griffin and I wanted to get together as friends, as friends do. Mm-hmm.
1: We're friends. And we like friending.
3: We said, let's go see a movie. And Griffin said, would you like to see Godzilla, King of
1: Monsters? And I went... Well, usually, knowing that JD and I have diverse tastes and sometimes have interest in a movie that no one else is interested in for one or two reasons, we usually try to find a movie that's like, no one else is going to see this. Let's be each other's only... Exactly. Let's go see Happy Time Murders because we both feel the obligation.
3: Exactly. And so I was like, yeah, I'll go see Godzilla, King of Monsters. The first Godzilla was actually sort of fun. It's a great movie. And Griffin's like, great, here's the time, here's the thing. And he's like, also... You should know I got us 4DX tickets.
1: Well, first I said, are you okay with doing yeah, 4DX? Right. It's playing at 4DX, and my recommendation is we do 4DX. And here's my I thing. I did run it past you.
3: But here's my thought, is I thought that he was talking about RPX.
2: Sure. Which just is
3: just when it's like. The regal
2: premium experience. They charge you, get to you
3: a little more a for a slightly better projector. Yeah, you have a, right. a better projector and a bigger seat. Right. Okay? This was not the case. No. We walk into the theater. David, have you ever been in one of these 4DX nope. theaters?
1: Oh, I would have been.
3: There are three seats.
1: I can't believe we're not seeing Lion King. Attached. (laughs) attached I'm
3: so happy we're not seeing Lion King. Attached to one another, on hydraulics. Yes, right. That I know. Right. You have to put a seatbelt on. You fucking better. You've got a control panel on your on your thing that lets you know. Do you want the smells? Do you want the every uh, to ask if you want the whole thing? Yeah. So I sit down, Griffin. What was what was the experience of? How would you how would you describe me in this? situation
1: you were uh very worried i mean like i remember when we went to see billy lynn together yeah and you were like what is this gonna feel like and i was yeah. like i don't know we don't know and then the second it started you turned to me and you were like i don't know if i'm gonna be able to handle this yes and you had that same sort of trepidation you were right. like how much is this gonna be a thing yeah, yeah it yeah. felt like sort of like i was your parent and we're about to go on your first like thrill ride or something yes. yeah and you're getting buckled in okay and- and I'm like, I've done this a lot. It's sure. not going to be that extreme. It moves around, but it's not like relentless.
3: Uh-huh. Here's Griffin's what talking know. me off the edge.
1: Right. Okay. And then keep talking. I'm just. I'm sorry. Keep talking. The first thing they do when the lights come down, I've seen a lot of 40X movies. This yeah. is new. Uh huh. They now have a little pre-show thing that's right, like the like regal ride, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's showing someone who feels like the 4DX is so thoroughly placing them in the movie that they are in a car, zooming down the highway in the middle of an action sequence. Sure. And so immediately, 40X is doing everything. Right, right. They're, they're like, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like it's the THX, like, exactly. like let's, right, let's show that.
2: you the full power of 40X. And
3: the thing that, if you've never done 40X, here's all the features. Our smells. The seats move on hydraulics.
2: We, we have talked about 4DX in this podcast. It shoots you in the face with water, I've it heard,
3: shoots you yes. in the sky with water. It punches you in the, in the sky? back with <laughs> little hands. It uh-huh. punches you
1: in the
2: sky. Then it t- t-
3: does stuff with your ankles. <laughs> right. It's a crazy experience. Tickles you. It tickles you. Right. When it sprays you in directly in the face with water, it's jarring. Mm-hmm.
0: I, yeah. And I
3: was like, sure. I was like, Griffin, it just <laughs> shot me in the face. And Griffin goes, Yeah, they don't do it very often. Uh but I saw the trailer of this movie and I... There's
2: a lot of water
3: in this movie. He goes, mostly movie, right? rain. I yeah. think it's raining the whole movie, yeah. so we might be in trouble. It's
1: either
2: raining or they're in the ocean. They yeah, had previously
1: right. always done this like in 4DX where there's just like a sprinkler above your head. Yeah. But for Godzilla, they amped it where they were like, the bar in front of you that usually releases the smells uh-huh. now also shoots water yeah. into your face like the Joker's flower.
2: JD, how yeah. many... Of the table of contents, have we done, and how many remain? We have two, and we have one, two, three, four, five. I literally six. cleared my
4: whole schedule. For this. Yeah, I mean, so, six. I mean, all right,
2: so you're saying it was eight total, and we we're we're one quarter of the way through. Yeah, I thought it was ten. I don't know where two of them went.
1: <laughs> Griffin, what are you doing on your phone now? Uh, no, I was well. Like, here's the thing. Here's what, with my mantra about a job I didn't get. <laughs> Fair yeah. Here's what's tough.
3: I believe My Neighbor Totoro is one of the great films. I have very little funny things to say about it or content to say other than I think it is a brilliant,
2: beautiful film.
1: Well, it's fine, because this is a podcast known for its seriousness and its brevity. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
2: Uh, do we want to talk more Totoro, or do we want to do another chapter? Let's talk about Totoro. Let's, 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 let's get some Totoro do, let's, time. Because I think we got to give
3: the audience a little
1: back and forth. Yeah. Totoro. This is like Nashville. We're spinning a bunch of different narratives, and they're all going to come together at the end. Right, and I'm... I'm that guy. Oh, fuck. I wish I remembered his name. Is that fun?
2: I feel like. Michael he, Murphy? The, yeah. Yeah. I think
0: no,
3: so, I feel yeah. like David's the lead of. Um, What's the Coen Brothers movie? The tornado. Oh, it's serious. Yeah. I'm like Michael Stolbar. Yes. Right. Right. We're like the tornado. Just everything <laughs> keeps happening.
2: <laughs>
3: David's like, I am a serious man. Yeah. And the world is falling around down <laughs> around him. <laughs> This is David Sims of the Atlantic. Oh
2: boy, <laughs> David Sims of the Atlantic.com. Can I That's say one me. of my
3: favorite things is that David Sims, is what you're part of the whatever New York film critic. I'm uh, part of the New yeah. York film critic circle, which is sure. like a
2: huge prestigious honor for me. Yes. Right.
3: And David is also uh, the film, film critic for the Atlantic.
1: That's
2: right.
3: And this podcast. Another huge
1: prestigious honor for
3: me. I think there is a supercut you could make in this you, podcast. You
1: told me that you want to do this on your own time, <laughs> Jesus.
3: Of just the things David has said.
1: Uh huh. That, that, that would like fully
2: cancel me when you no, go like
1: this movie is poop. yes <laughs>
2: there is there is some movie where I was talking Just like me at my most juvenile. you like, you're, like, like, <laughs> you're, like, you're like this movie is poop out my butt, <laughs> and I'm like I'm like. This, You're is, like, this is a man who's yeah. paid to write about films. <laughs> this is also like this is the ex- this is the exact and not by like buttpoop.com, <laughs> but by like an, an an August institution that was founded by Ralph Waldo Emerson <laughs> and Harriet Beecher Stowe and people like that. And like this they is they were like yes, a Journal of Letters it shall be. This <laughs> and this like it 150 looks like a years later, thoughts. I'm like. Pfft. <laughs> <You know what? laughs> and i just love that it's like this is like
3: exhibit a for why no serious person ever have a podcast because right once you get past like the first real things you have to say then you're just like i don't know robocop's a big poop poo butt
2: poop i've never that about robocop yeah. maybe robocop 2 yeah not a good maybe movie the robocop remake yeah, sure. not, not a good
1: movie, movie. right, right. right. I think
2: are we making it again
1: no, it's the fucking Neil Blomkamp movie. Oh, so it's like a sequel to the first? It's the he's sequel doing the that Paul Verhoeven never got to make. Right, right, Except Paul Verhoeven could make it. Uh he's alive. He keeps on saying, like, I keep asking myself what Paul Verhoeven would do. That's my philosophy for this movie. Right. So there's just a
3: lot of naked women
1: and a lot know of weird... I what the fuck this movie's going to be. And he says he'll only do it if Peter Weller doesn't. I have a feeling Peter Weller's not going to agree to do it. How old is Peter Weller? Eight uh, hundred. Once you
3: tell us Peter Weller's age, we can move on. Uh seventy-two. Wonderful. I don't think he's younger Robocop anymore.
1: Really? Younger than I thought. Older than Samuel Jackson. Older than Samuel Jackson, but only by two years. Yeah.
3: Interesting. That's an interesting game.
1: Older, or younger than Samuel Jackson? Yeah. <laughs>
2: sure. Most of the country younger. <laughs> All right. So okay. in my neighbor Totoro, they meet fucking Totoro. He's a big old guy. <laughs> okay. So Ben. <laughs> How I, I feel I, about that. It takes I a long ha- time to meet him. I yes, ha- you do. Twenty-five minutes in, you realize the mom is sick, and I would say, "What? Like, do you want to know what their inspiration was?" Thirty-five minutes in, or well, I, I think I, I, you don't I see
1: Totoro on screen until after maybe forty. Inspiration. Yeah, yeah. For well, first po- you
2: see the little
3: guy,
4: right? But He's I don't pretty think you cute. see him. A little yeah. Totoro. Yeah, yeah.
2: And I can talk. To, I can give you a Miyazaki quote, but you go ahead and tell me. Is it about the movie that inspired them to
3: have Totoro show up later?
2: No, 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 no. Oh no, not at all. Uh, the
3: movie that so originally Totoro was going to be in the first scene as the opener to the movie. Like, here he is, Totoro, the man himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, I believe it was like Takahata, mm-hmm. uh, Miyazaki. They're so talking. Takahata,
2: who released Scary the Fireflies, I believe, on the same day as this movie? Certainly the same year. I think year, so,
3: maybe. Yes. Uh, and then, someone else, they're talking, and they're like, no, it's like E.T. Oh, sure. You don't see E.T. Mm-hmm. until like halfway through the movie.
2: Yeah, for at least 40 minutes in. Whatever. I love
3: right. that E.T. was mm-hmm. their like, yeah, we gotta do the neat on it. It'd this. be funny if
2: it was the third man. It's like yeah. he's kind of the Orson Welles. Man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's a
1: big boy. I mean, and uh you get teases of him earlier, but Beetlejuice does a similar thing. Yeah. I mean, it's a thing yes. that we've talked about in this movie, yes. which I always find very effective where you build up a character. This, right, or is it the same year? Beetlejuice is eighty eight. Yeah, same year. I just always find that effective. The all these examples we're talking about where it's like there's a titular character. Who the movie is sort of like priming you for. Right. This whole thing's going to shift when they enter. And you hold off bringing them in for as long as you can.
2: Um Here's Miyazaki on the Totoro. Yes. Mm. The Totoro are goblins of the transitional plane where Japan hasn't become entirely modernized. Because this movie is set in the 50s-ish. Mm. Yeah. But it's, but it's, like it's like not really defined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's set in this uh place that by the time Toto has come out, like this kind of place, these sort of farmlands by the mountains, were like going extinct, and this right. movie kind of revived interest in like, oh yeah, that's like an environment we should protect, like that sort yeah. of way of life is something we should like consider as like part of japanese life um but that's why, for example, it makes sense to me this is him again. It mm-hmm. makes sense to me that the cat goblin has turned into a bus because it's like modernity yeah. is sort of seeping mm. into the fantasy world. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. like, it's still a magical cat creature, but it's now this sort of, like, industrial shape. Sure. Uh, and it, like, behaves like a, you know, post-war kind of invention.
1: Right? I mean, I love uh, Cat Bus. Cat uh, Bus is my cool. favorite element of the film. Um, I was going to say, oh, reading the Wikipedia, Uh, he was very uh, stubborn about uh, this film getting uh, dubbed and that he didn't want any uh, non-exact translations Mm. because I guess he had gone through with Nausicaa and with uh, Castle in the Sky, people trying to go like, well, this reference doesn't make sense culturally. So let's find like an American version of that reference. He didn't like the music and the edits on Castle in the Sky, all these sorts of things. And Totoro is, as a name, a play on... The, the notion of of troll, right? Uh-huh. I mean, it's like a thing where there's the scene where she's explaining why she's calling him Totoro. Right. And it doesn't work in the English language. Right. And they were like, can we rename the character so that it makes sense? And he's mm. like, no. Absolutely not. Yeah.
2: When did when were you crying? When was the uh, yeah what the got emotional? Because this feeling? is a movie. A lot of people tell me they cry at. This is actually one of the Miyazakis I do not mm. cry at. Interesting. Uh, there are a couple of Miyazakis that just like there's a moment every time that's like a button is pushed and mm. I'm like oh right. Uh, for some reason, maybe because I didn't watch this movie as a kid, that doesn't. Yeah. But, uh, but well, yeah. So when were you?
4: Just like the whimsical moments
1: with the kids and the spirits. Ben loves yeah. that whimsy. Like ben Hosley I should call him Ben Whimsley. <laughs>
2: Sometimes Griffin looks kind of con- like he's concentrating on something, and I'm like, oh, and then it's, that's what he was concentrating <laughs> doing that. on,
1: right? It's Winona Ryder on the Emmy stage, and I'm just doing all the. Wait a
3: second. The last time I watched was a long time ago. Not a long time ago, but like a year, a couple years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up with two older sisters. I recently lost one of my sisters, which was, has been a very hard experience for me. Yeah. And watching this movie because it tapped into those childlike feelings, did bring back a lot of those feelings of like... Yeah, had you mm, seen it since your sister passed? No, no, no. Wow, okay. Mm. Uh, and it was just, uh, I don't know. It's it, it it Especially if you grew up with siblings, or grew up as a kid around other kids, or had that feeling of being alone out in the war, like out mm-hmm. in... Because there's so much of this movie that is... Maybe not even relatable to some modern kids because because right,
2: they're just going out of the house and no one's like even checking on them.
4: Yeah, they're like, just sort of running around.
3: Like there's a the moment when uh, May tells her dad, "Like, uh, do I look like a grown up?" And he's like, "Yeah." And she's like, "All right, I'm going off to do errands." Right. And he's like, oh,
2: "Whatever." And like she's the just dad like, who is a classic Miyazaki man, where he's just like kind of a dope. He's got glasses. He's like, sweet though. He's very sweet. Miyazaki men are usually sweet, but they're usually kind of dopey. Yeah, yeah. But so I, I just wait till you will see Kiki Griffin. Yeah. Have you seen it yet?
1: No. Okay. I'm going to watch it tonight.
3: Okay. I don't know. There's just so much that resonates and so much that feels emotionally true and little moments that you're like, yeah, I remember that feeling. I don't know. I think it's a really, really, really special movie. It's like, like a movie like Inside Out. Remember, like there's a big tear jerking moment when the imaginary friend, you know, sacrifices mm-hmm. himself or whatever. And that's great, but it's so on the nose and it's forcing that out of you. Where this, it has moments that are, Expressing that that same thoughts without having to have it be this big perilous
2: right.
1: experience. And also, I, I love Perler Inside doesn't Out. Do anything? Yes, I I yeah. love like, Inside Out, but yeah. it's a very literal movie. Yes, about very abstract which, things, which
2: is the Pixar experience often, where
1: they're like, right, let's take an abstract thing and right. sort of make it a system. Right,
2: uh, which I like. Like, I mean, that appeals to me in a certain way. So like, you I know,
1: I I, I love Wally. I think it's a Wally. Piece. I think it's way
2: up there. I think it's the top non Brad Bird Pixar movie for me. Wally Sean. Uh,
1: I love Wally Sean.
2: What if Wally did a master builder? Yeah. <laughs> he is a master Wally builder.
1: Wally Sean. <laughs> um, My
2: dinner with Wally. My dinner with Wally. My dinner with Wally. Wally. All right. So you love Wally.
1: What I was going to say is uh, I know a lot of people think, like, well, but then it drops way off. I agree with you. I think the first 40 minutes of Wally are, for me, as good as any movie that's ever Absolutely. been made. Absolutely. And then the remainder of it, I think, is incredible and only fails to live up to the first 40 minutes. I would agree with that, too. I think the the remainder remainder gets a bit of a bad rap. I do, too. I think it's too Um, hard. But it's
2: certainly not as,
1: you know, certainly the the first half of that movie is. But I have heard Andrew Stanton say that their goal was to keep it nonverbal. Right. And that once they got to the spaceship, that humans had devolved so much they didn't have language anymore. Mm -hmm. And they spoke to each other just in grunts. And I wish they had been able to pull off that yeah, fucking movie. Why did they pull that because off? Because that feels like the fact that Wally and Eve can't talk to each other right. makes it have that Miyazaki-esque quality. And that so much of like the history of it is just sort of sold through like the background and being able to understand like the history through like the amount of wear and age and things. If they had gotten up there and, and no one was fucking talking, I would think it was the greatest movie ever made. Now here's here's a, a, it's fair. <coughs> yeah. a metric. fair yeah. You know who's cute though? Mo? Eva. All of them are cute. No, I know, but she's
2: a real David.
1: I. What's Eva? Bossy round face. I mean, she is. David's. Her face is round. His number one crush type is bossy round face.
3: Okay, don't ever tell any of your crushes that.
2: (laughs) Oh,
1: oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I won't. (laughs) Good point.
2: We'll mention it. Porky
3: would get really upset. A metric. Round face. Round face? A metric that I think separates (laughs) uh, incredible filmmaking. Mm -hmm. to like true, beautiful filmmaking from stuff that's fine is when the story is told just through the images, right? Yes. So the entire movie of Totoro started, the inspiration for it was a a drawing that Miyazaki drew, which was Totoro uh, and the girl at the time, it was one girl. With the at umbrella? The bu- at the bus
1: stop. Yeah. That was the image that yeah. was so burned in my it's, head from a movie I watched 25 years right. ago. Right. It's the poster
2: image, I feel like, or at least a poster yeah. image, and it is such an indelible image, yeah.
1: But I think you could also cut out
3: all of the dialogue scenes in this and just have it be the, yeah. s- the scenes. And you would, I you like would the sti- dialogue. Oh, though. yes. yes yeah. I think it's all perfect. Right, because I think I'm just it's saying, very true to life. I yeah. think it still so- tells the same story, just the images. I think you could even take stills from this movie and put them together, and it would still resonate in very similar ways and tell the same feelings to an audience. I don't know. I just think it's so brilliant. And in fact, now that I think about it, that's why I like um, Kurosawa's dreams mm-hmm. is that there's so many shorts that have these images that are just these beautiful images I think tell the entire story in an image. And I think like when you find a film that's really great, you can pull an image and go, this is the entire story just in one image. Right there.
2: Um. So yeah, as you say, there was initially one daughter. Yeah. For some reason, it evolved into two. I think partly was like
3: I, uh, the big thing was that they, he wanted to explore both that childlike play right, right. and the sense of duty. It's duty to grow up
2: fast. Yeah. And, yeah, right, right.
3: And it was hard to do with one kid. So
2: he wanted May, the little girl, to meet Totoro first because he feels like she wouldn't be scared of Totoro because mm-hmm. is kind of scary. Yeah. yeah. She's know? amped when she meets Totoro. Right. She's in that area of childhood yeah. where you're still like, seems cool. Yeah. And like, that's such a beautiful you
3: know, moment when she comes up to him and you're expecting it to be this scary moment or this moment right. that's so played out in most cinema where it's like, Ooh, they're scared at first, but it's actually a gentle beast. It's like right.
1: that's no. ET. That's like right. yeah, the sure. exact ET meeting. But yeah. it's,
3: instead, it's immediately she's just so comfortable she's like, and this laughing. Guy rules. Yeah. She's right. like it's like when a really little kid meets like someone for the first time and they just give him a hug and are like, "Yeah, I like this person."
2: Yeah. Since he is Lord of the Forest, Totoro can hear the joyous voices of the plants. He would love the rain, especially if it's rain falling during a rainy season. We think of him enjoying the plop plop sound of raindrops with a leaf on his head. And so when he gets the umbrella, apparently, Miyazaki's concept is like, he thinks it's a musical instrument. Like, he
1: doesn't understand why you would need an umbrella. Right. Oh. You know what I mean? But he thinks it's like, it's a good amplification for the rain. Exactly. Raindrops. He's like, let's do some awesome shit with this. He's so, like, oh, this right. is a good idea. Right. It sounds cool. Right. Yeah. He
2: doesn't mind being rained on. He's like a forest goblin. He's, so he's lord cool. of the forest? That is uh, what uh, Miyazaki said. This That's he, cool. This interview is wild, where he's yeah. just like, anyway, yeah, they're forest goblins. He's the lord of the forest.
3: He also talks a lot where he's like, I don't know. I don't want to get them the thought. They are just what they are. Like he sort of waves off a lot of that stuff too,
2: where he's yeah, not like, yeah. "Here's the rules and the this." He's like, "No." He's like, "No." They represent the whole right. thing is about being a kid, and yeah. to the extent that he's like, I don't even want it to be specific that it's a dream or not a yeah. dream, sure. right? Yeah.
1: But in a movie that is eighty-seven minutes long Correct. with a long opening and closing credit sequence, <laughs> which <laughs> right.
3: is one of my favorite parts of, especially like Japanese animated films from like the eighties. It still happens now to this day yeah. in a lot of anime. Well, I just love the opening title, like animation sequence where it's like its own little short
1: film or yeah. its own little thing. Your name does that. It has like yeah. an opening, like music video. Yes. It's a classic uh, exactly. anime. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in a movie that's probably, you know, about Pretty 80 short. minutes with those two, like, mm-hmm. musical credit sequences removed. I think Totoro's in 10 minutes top. In terms of him being on screen, yeah, maybe. Yeah. it's kind of. He really nuts. only
2: has like two set pieces and then a couple other appearances. Yeah. no. Yeah. Do
1: you guys remember what the uh, video cover for the Fox VHS release was? No, look it up because it sells. Isn't it, isn't it him? It's him flying, flying with
3: them riding him, and it
1: looks like he's like saving them. It's almost like a never-ending story. Oh kind of
2: yeah, thing. Right, right.
1: Like it right. really makes it look like an adventure movie. Right. Right. And it's
2: got like every creature they can cram in right. there. Yeah. Right. right. They're
1: riding his belly. Right.
2: Yeah. Uh,
3: and you know, the original distributor of My Neighbor Totoro was Trum Entertainment,
1: alma mater of JDM. Oh sure, right.
3: But so and they they were the others. first distributor. They had, they have uh, they had a different distribution arm that wasn't named Trauma. was called like 50th Street Films. Yes, they distributed through that. And then at some point, uh, Miyazaki would be like, "Wait, who are these people?" Yeah, and they're like, "Oh no, yeah, well, no Disney, you can do this." <laughs> um, but so there's still these amazing posters you can get in the world um, that are My Neighbor Totoro with a Trauma logo on the corner. A little Toxie. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, he, there's this whole sequence where he talks this in the interview where he talks about how he animated running. Mm. Uh, And the the classic way was to do six frames of two frames each, like Mm -hmm. spring, move, land, right? Uh Like something like that. And how he's like, that's not how children run. So he wanted it to look all different and much more chaotic. Yeah. He's fucking great. Children aren't conscious of wanting to run. They just want to get somewhere quickly. That's how he puts it.
1: That's a really, really good observation.
2: I mean, when you watch those uh, making ofs or any kind of document, he's so focused on movement Mm -hmm. reflecting character, like... He get he you know, to the point that he seems like sometimes sort of gets hung up on it, where he's mm-hmm. like, "Not quite," you know what I mean? Like he's like, yeah. "No, he needs to breathe differently or whatever." Like he really wants all the movement to be good, and then he hates things like explosions or, you know, really big loud things. Like, yeah.
3: You know, well, which, which is why I think it's so interesting that, like, before this he does Nausicaa
1: right? And uh, Castle in the Sky. Mm-hmm. Which are more action-adventure. Which are all three yes. are action yeah. films. I mean, yes. and they have explosions and vehicles and all these sorts of Nausicaa's things. Nausicaa's, like, guns and ve- right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: And this is just—I I, I also—I I theorize, too, that when you uh, have filmmakers who work in imagination and fantasy and such big visual things so much, oftentimes I find my favorite films of theirs are the ones where— they ground it in reality. Mm-hmm. And then you see those, like, that's why I like Big Fish so much. Right. And, like, I think, grounding like, that's in reality. Heavenly like Creatures, like
1: those movies yeah. where it's like, here's someone who can go totally bug nuts, making a movie that's like 90% reality. Right. Is always really fascinating. Or even 70% reality. Yeah, know? exactly.
2: Um, should we do another chapter on your fucking list?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, I can, I'll let you guys, uh, no, uh. Just pick one. Okay. Okay. This is a big follow-up. Um, And uh, big follow up There's a big big follow up -up. to uh, news that we broke in the last episode. This is the the star meter report.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Only you care about this.
3: So I just want to point out uh, Keiko the whale has not been unseated as the tallest actor of all time, according to the IMDb. Um, Topsy Elephant still number two.
1: Is Topsy the one? F- the oh, one that oh, Edison
2: the, electrocuted uh, to death, right? Yes, yes uh, right.
3: Topsy. And so I wanted to follow up, though.
1: Good
0: actor.
3: On Topsy. Mm. Um, since we last recorded,
2: mm-hmm.
3: Topsy has moved up um, about 200,000 spots wow. on the star meter. So you think that's us, like, people searching? To- no, I'm saying I think Topsy's
1: hot. <laughs>
2: Oh, you, you, you don't think it's because of blank check? You just no. think it's general word on the street? You think
1: we're not leading the Topsy wave. We're riding it. Topsies, topsies got buzz. <laughs> He's been taking generals. Can I ask what Topsy's all-time highest rank is?
3: Uh, yes, I'll tell you that in just a second. Okay, sorry. Uh, we have Keiko the Whale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keiko is down from the last time we recorded, but oh. up this week. Okay. So Keiko's All
1: right, uh, long, can we do long a-
3: since dead. Long uh, since dead. It's a bummer.
1: Highest Topsy's ever been.
3: Uh, the highest Keiko's ever been was uh in two thousand three, November, uh got up to top thousand one thousand.
1: Was that when Keiko died?
3: Mm, right. I mean, we don't like Rip. to talk um, about that. On
1: this list does it
4: say how the highest I've ever been?
3: Uh it probably does. I can look it's you up. up there. I'm sure you're pretty high up there. <laughs> uh Topsy Topsy's highest was November uh 2014 okay. when Topsy got uh, a four week high of 108,000. Wow. So, let's see Ben Hosley, what, let's see where you're at. Ben
2: Hosley, right now you're 716,485 on the star meter.
1: Really? Uh yeah. yeah. Okay, but what's the highest Ben's ever been? The highest, um, ever, really high. The you, highest. you hit the <laughs> <laughs> Ben. He's gotten real high. You hit that. You hit uh on the weekend. Two hundred twenty-two thousand
3: sixty-four.
2: No, he wow. was above that. I think. I really? Don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it.
3: In July twenty eighteen.
2: July twenty eighteen. You were uh, two hundred. All right. Let's see
3: Griffin. Okay. Griffin. Oh,
1: you're not on IMDb. I'm kidding. <laughs>
2: Oh, IMDb I, just is like a why bother. It's just, it's just. Can I
1: tell you my guess? Yes. My guess is the highest I've ever been. Ooh,
3: you're pretty high right now. Really? Wait. I mean, you're not great. Uh, well,
2: 9,300.
3: 9,300, that's okay. pretty good. Ooh, did you see? No. What do you think your highest is? I
1: can is? see the peak. I can't see any of the data. When do you think the highest you've ever been is? When do I think it was, or how high do I think it Both. was? Both. I think it was uh, uh, November 20... October 2017?
2: Yeah. Yeah, ish. Around that time. It's like between July and uh, September 2017. Right, that's like tick. Okay, hit 600. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 600, okay. There were
3: only 622 people more famous than you at that point in time. Yeah. Wow. All right, can we do a different
2: chapter because that was uh, so disappointing?
3: No, well, here's the other thing. (laughs) So, something that I found. Yeah. In the uh, star meter report, also, I want to say uh, Wilson the volleyball down this week. <laughs> Wilson the volleyball not doing well this week. How is a uh,
2: Donald Kaufman? <laughs> I am trying to think of other fully fictional IMDb entries.
3: Um, so you can also rank the star meter report by special. Oh, wait, how is this going on? By special skills, so you can figure out who the most famous person is with a special skill.
1: Uh-huh. Um,
3: and one of the special skills is accents. Uh-huh.
1: Okay, wait. Can I? Br- can I try to? I want to pause this for one second. Yes. I'd like to broker a deal. Okay. David, JD will agree to end this bit immediately if you go to 40 dx at 6 I don't want to
2: go to 4 Stop.
1: Okay, or I'll end it immediately if you can guess who the most...
3: <laughs> who the most... <laughs> who, the, who the biggest celebrity right now is that can do the robot? Because <laughs> I'm to be able to tell us. We'll click robot. Okay,
1: Sort by... Sort by robot? By dance style equals robots (laughs) and ranking. Okay, David, you might be able to get this. And this is a fair offer. We'll end it immediately if you can pick who the highest ranking actor is. If not, we're doing another. I'll say this. It's like someone... Do I get like a hint or... Yeah, Here, I'll give you a couple hints. I don't want to give you too many, but I'll say this. It's not like a surprising one. No. It's not like that person could do the robot. You're like, I've seen that person do the robot. I think it's very likely you have seen this person do the robot, Mm -hmm. and there's someone who is pretty au courant.
2: Pretty au courant. Like, it
1: isn't like a cast member from (laughs) Break-In. Like, this is someone who's like a current rising star, who if they have not done the robot, they've probably shown enough similar skills that you're like, that's in their repertoire. I don't know. I'd say it's it's, uh, an emerging... Leading man, has he, been the lead of a TV show, has been the lead of a live-action film, and has been the lead of an animated film.
2: Okay, I mean,
3: good, good. Clue. Biggest celebrity I can do a ro- the robot right now, this week.
1: Lead of an animated. Lead of an animated. Lead. Of an independent film that was kind of a crossover lead of a TV series. Like this year there was an independent film that was kind of a crossover? No, no. Those are in the last couple. That The order was independent film, then TV show, then animated film. Mm. Those are the three biggest projects. And I feel like everyone's still waiting for, like, the huge thing. Yeah. But, like, like for people like us, it's like this is one of the guys who's going to be with us for days. Is decades. there a person of color? Correct.
4: Yeah.
1: And don't forget, you can do the robot. You can do the robot. This, the robot. And this and, is the robot. Ben is Ben's
2: doing the, the robot. Doing the robot. I yeah. see. I see. <laughs> He's right.
1: That dance. Right. 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 Um, do you want one last hint? Yeah. You want sure. Me to do it again. The robot. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Give me a hint. the The animated film is the biggest in all regards.
2: The biggest in all regards. Yeah. So, 2.
1: No, no, no. Not biggest in all regards of animated films. Oh. I'm saying biggest in all regards of his career. Most critically well received, most successful. Why is that such a good role? clue?
2: That, and now I'm like, fuck. it's a good clue. Yeah. Now I'm like, why don't I know? And oh, he, he is the and guy. Don't forget, he can
3: do the robot. He apparently. can do
1: the robot, but he is the guy in the movie. He's the guy in the movie? In the animated movie. What's his name? God
2: damn it. What's his name? I know his name. Fuck. Ah. Uh... I'm thinking of Spider Verse. Am I crazy? You're not crazy. What the fuck
1: is his name though? You just if, you gotta say
3: the name, the, if you say the, the start name, if the name, the report will be over. It's
1: over. All so, you gotta do is say the name.
3: I do. I I was gonna show you the most. Right. The most famous person can do a Japanese accent. The, 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 the answer will surprise gonna... you. <laughs> well, I actually want to know that. <laughs> uh,
2: it's Mickey Rooney. Shameek Moore. Yes. that's his okay. name. Yes. All right. Okay. Starving reports well over. Done. Was it? Was it Is it uh, Dope? I was saying Dope, dope the Get Down movie? Right. Spider Verse. I was saying those.
1: Spider Verse. Yes.
2: He is the number one robot doer? Yeah. Yeah. Is that surprising to you? I think that took like five minutes. (laughs) 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 Who does the the number
1: one Japanese, though? You want to know? Yeah, why not?
3: Okay. Let me unclick robot.
1: My guess is is still Mickey Ripple.
3: Oh, the answer is not good for anybody. Oh, dear.
1: That's why my it's that's my no, guess cuz it's, it's, a it's a not going to be someone who is
3: If you're looking Japanese If you're looking for a Japanese can. accent I understand. For not someone Japanese who has accent, a Japanese accent. The person that you should hire the most. <laughs> it's not Nuke Gunray is it? Oh <laughs> wait. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. That wasn't the one that it was before. It changed since I last looked. It changed? I think.
2: Who was it before and who is it now?
3: Wait. Oh no, <laughs> that's spoken languages. I'm sorry. Okay. Accents. This one. Accents, accents. Oh my god, Jamaican be bad too, I bet. <laughs> Okay, Japanese. I, I just want to be clear. None of them would be good. And
1: once again, the segment has ended. I want to make it very clear. Yes, this is clear not part of the
3: segment. This is, not this is the after the show. This is the after the show. The segment
1: has ended. <laughs> Ben's crying. Um, This is a really, really bad okay. result. This is This, <laughs> is, this, <laughs> is, this is like
3: it's like a bummer.
2: We're just going to be
3: bummed out. If you're going for a Japanese accent, this is who? RMDB says, this is the hottest person you could get for a Japanese accent. <laughs> it's
1: particularly bad because I cannot pull when they would have done this accent. It's not even like oh All right. Who fuck. is
3: it? Who is it? It is. Um,
1: he is. He has starred in multiple TV shows.
3: <laughs> now who is it? Disney Channel star Dylan Sprouse. Oh,
2: that's a bummer. <laughs> I don't know. Who, yeah, you mean one of <laughs> Zach and Cody? Zach and or Cody? That's it's the that's, one who isn't drughead, right? Is that the one who isn't? I, Cole uh, is Cole is
1: drughead. Yeah. Isn't Dylan Sprouse like IMDb? retired? Um, I think he's kind of retired. Yeah. I am He identifies oh. as a heathen? That's so funny. Did you that's like the third sentence is his Wikipedia page. Okay. And once again the star He meter... identifies as a heathen. The star meter segment's over. We're on the after after is... show. <laughs>
3: this is not the star meter segment.
1: This is not what does the... that mean?
2: It, it's uh, when I click on it, it's a, a heathenry, a new religious movement Can called do... German neo paganism.
1: Can you do Yiddish, JD? I just saw that Yiddish is not... <laughs> All right, enough. <laughs> it's enough. the after after this show. This is a
2: masterpiece of cinema. Sybil Danning.
1: Okay, well, that's not exciting. The segment's off.
2: <laughs> Menache. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love a Menashe joke. That's pissing. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right. Uh, what are we talking about? My neighbor Totoro. My neighbor Totoro. I can't believe you forgot. <laughs> Totoro.
3: Totoro. 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 I love this movie. Okay. I think it's fantastic. I saw sure. it in 35. Millimeter. Uh, two years ago. Sure. When and where? Uh, at IFC. Okay. I believe. Is IFC or Sunshine?
2: Sure. Mm-hmm. IFC shows a lot of... Uh, I think it was IFC. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I just
3: love it. And I love all the matte paintings. They're so beautiful. The nature in this movie. I mean, one of the best shots in the entire movie is when it cuts to the frog watching Totoro. I mean, that just... Yeah. That's great. That's everything.
4: I also love the shot of when um the youngest daughter sleeps on Totoro. Yeah. And it pulls up and it shows them in this like just in, like encased in this oh. beautiful lush greenery. He does look so comfy. He looks so he comfy. He looks pretty tough. And pretty pretty when the so- when the sits
2: sprites- But I like that he has teeth. I me mean, too you know what I mean yeah. he opens and his clawed. mouth there's some big old nashers in there, there
1: there has to have been produced because I was looking at the Wikipedia how successful this movie's been I think Totoro has like grossed a billion dollars if you include all of everything merchandise, especially and, uh... merchandise because they were saying in Japan Totoro is like Winnie the Pooh Mickey Mouse like it's like that level yes, right absolutely there okay. has to have at some point been a Totoro beanbag chair produced Right. there is yes there is there, yes, is. Yes, there is that I've must seen be it. so pleasant <laughs>
2: I thought you were gonna say like, "Let's get one." You're just like, "That's, That's nice." I kind of would like ni- to get one. That'll be your next birthday present.
1: Oh, okay. oh we gotta do present corner. Okay. Oh, because right. we, we David's was... got a new
3: hobby, a new collection that he's starting. <laughs> Are
4: you talking about the soda cans? Yeah, David's got a weird hobby that he's
2: into All right, now. So this is from a while
3: ago. Really weird. <laughs> this is David. This is a weird hobby you have. So.
2: Kids can you so remind me, things. can you remind me how this started? Because I don't, we were, the three of us were text.
1: We have, a text, that, that we have will, a text thread. Yeah. That sometimes one We have a text thread. Yeah, we just break. text. One the of text. us will throw in a subject that's like, I feel like you two guys are the exactly audience for like, this right. thing I've been thinking about. Exactly.
2: Like only this text thread can hear this thought. And right. I think
1: JD was the one who initiated and just said, can we talk about how weird Steve Carell's career is as a leading man. Yeah. so Like, he has about been
2: Carrell. a bankable leading man. I think it was in that 2018, like, Beautiful Boy, what were the Welcome other ones? Welcome to Marwen and Vice. Yeah. Right, where it was like people,
1: yeah, studios keep being like, well, how do we work Carell into this? But JD's argument was, he has been bankable for over 10 years now Yes, as a leading man, yes. almost exclusively playing uh, uh, arrogant creeps or sad sex.
2: Right, 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 right. Which is funny because he can be lovable. Totally. Uh, and yet he I forget seems why we're even talking about this. That's the minority of his it was just route. because of Marwin and stuff like that. You it was forget just because there like, was a lot of corral. He
1: had three movies come out in three right. months, and he hosted SNL, so he was a like kind of omnipresent. And we were just talking about what a weird fucking career he had. And
3: then we were texting each other photos of him in- Yeah. Prosthetics from uh,
1: he did press for Despicable Me two in garish prosthetics as, as uh, grew. Right, right. But then we were saying like it's weird how big his career has been in different ways. Right. It's also weird that like now The Office is humongous. Right. And now The Office is the most also, watched TV ben show. Ben is in the
3: corner with his head bag vaping into the sky.
1: So then I was talking about like how weird it is that he did like this Get Smart movie that was a summer blockbuster that they threatened to make a sequel to for like 8 years. Yeah. They kept on being like they're trying to schedule it. Then like crept over 100 million. But It was hardly like I believe it made 130. Yes, you're crazy. Correct. 130. Right.
2: Not very well overseas, unsurprisingly because that that had, nobody knows what Get Smart is overseas. But like right. a
1: big hit. Hit. And they were like we'll keep making these and I was like, for a guy who usually plays such odd characters yeah. and has not been a character actor, but has been a movie leading man, it is so weird that at the peak of this Get Smart thing, he was like on soda bottles. Right. Because there was a limited promotional Sierra Mist flavor called Undercover Orange. Right. Because it didn't look like it was going to be orange and then you sift Correct.
2: it and it was secretly
1: okay, orange. Okay, so we discussed this. Yes. We had this discussion.
2: Yeah. Yes. The discussion ended. And then about 6 days later I went later, about my life. Yes. yes. <laughs> seeing movies in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. Not seeing movies in 40x. What a sad life. <laughs> yep. And then ding dong. <laughs> Who's that at the door? Oh, <laughs> ding the ding the dong, postman. Ding dong, ding dong. It's the mailman. He's brought the mail. What's the Oh, a package. <laughs> I don't know this seller. <laughs> just banging the table like a child who wants dinner. I want more. <laughs> um, uh, pack- and it's you know, when you get a package, you're usually like, oh yeah, I remember I-, I ordered a thing. Right, you know? And you're like, hmm, don't know what this package is. But often I get promotional packages from TV shows or whatever. Right, so maybe it's one of those. Here's
1: another i imagine. Most times you get a package, you go some real weight to this thing. I can feel an
2: object. This is a light one. Open the package. Inside is a tennis ball tube. A tube to hold tennis balls. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's a
1: tennis ball tube inside a box.
2: So at this point, I'm like, 50-50, 50-50, this is a bomb. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the, Where I'm like, I did not order this. I don't know what it is. It's clearly not promotional The material. director of some movie you panned right. is finally cracked. I'm like, cracked. is this something fucked up? You know, because like, why would I? And then I open the tennis ball tube and inside are three cans of Sierra Mist, uh, Undercover Orange But they are flavor. empty. No, but that's the thing. So I'm like, okay, this is J.D. sent the cans. <laughs> yes. He found he must have found them on eBay <laughs> that someone was selling. Has kept them for ten years. And they're sealed. Right. But they're completely empty. <laughs> now haven't
1: <They've> been opened. <laughs> they no holes, no abrasions. Just, You've noticed no
2: Are they so old?
1: Is that a thing that the soda <laughs> just goes
2: away? Like <laughs> I don't know. Absorbs into the metal. <laughs> So, I get these. I alert you to the fact that I got them and that they are empty. Three soda cans. I just tell you, you just paid them. whatever you paid for this. And believe me, it wasn't worth it because they are useless. <laughs> I paid to
3: send garbage from the UK to David. <laughs>
2: exactly. But you still have them, right? <laughs> I think they're somewhere in my house. <laughs> I
3: yeah. believe it was international um, <laughs> shipping to send someone else's garbage from 10 Literal years ago. garbage.
2: Like, from like, decades what, ago. What needs to be done to them is recycling. Like, that's all <laughs> that <they're> needs. <laughs> they're aluminum. They need to be recycled. <laughs> this. Then, months later, <laughs> I get another package. JD, please take it away. I didn't know I don't about even... this one. Oh, you don't know about this? I don't think I know about this one.
3: Well, David, why don't you tell your experience of opening it?
2: I got another fucking package of promotional cans from JD Amato. <laughs>
3: I don't even remember what the game oh, <laughs> I was hoping you remembered. I think, I mean, look it up. Yeah. I got to figure out what I sent David. Well, because I wanted to, now that David's got a collection of... Um, movie branded cans, I wanted to keep the collection going.
1: It's so weird that he's become so into collecting movie
3: cans. Yeah. Um, like against got- his own will. Oh, oh. He's, uh, obs- oh, he's obsessed. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait. I remember what I said. Go on, go on. Look at the title. Look at the title of the
1: what it says. Oh, <laughs> Okay, so no spoilers, but it just has order delivered. Dr. Pepper, 3 empty cans.
3: Okay. And they are they are uh, <laughs> from the Dr. Pepper tie-in with Spider-Man 2. So do you have an
2: Alfred Molina can now? <laughs> yeah. right. I don't remember, but yes, I remember that now that they were Spider-Man 2. So, Both it? times I'm disappointed because the can is good enough that uh-huh. you're like, I drink this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Dr. Pepper? I love Dr. Pepper.
3: <laughs>
4: Three empty Dr. Pepper cans. Well, I mean, so far, 40 East 34th Street, Thank Suite you. 1401, New York, New York. I was about to suggest
1: this. Uh, if anyone oh wants my to God, send, look up
4: the zip code. they have
1: to be tie-ins.
4: They have to be
3: movie tie-ins, and they have to be cans of soda.
4: But you better empty them. <laughs> you gotta be empty. <laughs> if, if you find them
1: if they're soda,
3: sold. we're sending them back. <laughs>
4: If you find
3: return them, to return sender. to sender. Here's the thing.
1: If the seller is selling them full, then you have to have them delivered to your house. You have to find a way to tap those cans, and then you can send but them. But
3: there can be no evidence that you've tapped them. <laughs> if David can find any evidence that they've been open, We're sending that, a that,
1: I'm the expert on this. Yeah. <laughs> and give that address one more time. Okay, the address is 40
4: East 34th Street, New York, New York, 100... 1-6. And the
3: oldest movie cans you can find, the better. Definitely. But if they're new, that's fine, too. David loves them all. So we, just we put would love...
1: care of David Sims. <laughs>
4: yeah. Uh, and again, the sweet number is 1401. If, if
1: we can get, like, a sarsaparilla cam with Topsy on it, oh that would be the <laughs> yeah. oldest possible, a can, maybe, a can movie of.
3: Old, old Dr. Mitchell's Coca drink, <laughs> with Popsy Elephant being electrocuted to get a death on it.
1: If we can get a can of a Dr. Brown's Cell Ray with Fanny Bryce on it.
3: If we, can, if we can get a tab can with Keiko the Whale on it, that'd <laughs> <laughs> be <I mean>, great.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Also, JD sent me a ten foot tall vinyl banner that was the teaser poster from Angley's Hulk. It's ten feet by six feet, I believe. I spent three weeks trying to figure out who sent it to me
2: because <laughs> there was no heads up. That's a thing. Both times with me, the same way. <laughs> yes. No heads up. Right. No alert.
1: But unlike with the cans, at we least had I had could this trace it. To right.
3: I'm sort yeah. of like a Totoro of movie mer- merchandise.
1: Three weeks later, JD said, "Did you get my present?" And I said, <laughs> oh, fine. I figured it out." Uh, but and, it is—it's like meant for like giant movie theaters where they have enough ceiling height that they can hang them from the rafters.
3: It's a legit banner. It's 10 feet tall.
1: It is taller than my apartment. What's up, J.D.? How's it going, man? Oh,
3: nothing. I just, I just wanted to call because I felt like I did a bad job on the episode because I was in sort you of a silly mood. You do a mood. bad
4: job. No. Well, I think you're you're overthinking it.
3: I just, I love, My Neighbor Totoro is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I felt like I came in in a goofy mood And I feel like you're probably gonna have to cut a bunch of stuff. And I just, I just felt bad, Ben. And I just want to say how much I love that movie and I love your guys podcast and I like being on it. And I just, I'm sorry that I probably gave you extra work by being all over the
5: place. Well, thank you, JD. We love having you on the show. I think you're a great, funny guy. And, um,
0: yeah,
3: let's just like get into the episode. Let's just let the fans decide. I just listen. I love Totoro so much. I mean, I called you
5: beforehand. How much you did? Oh yeah. Well, actually, and I didn't. We didn't fit that in to the episode where I was because I was going to set up playing that clip. So why don't we say now that at the end of the episode I'll play that clip.
3: The oh, it's my voicemail. You have my voicemail.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, JP, Dizzlington, it's pretty funny. Um, no, the episode's know. good, JD. Okay.
3: All right. I trust you. I promise. Thank you, Ben. Have a Thank good day. You. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Later. Bye.
2: What do you What do you, What do you want help in the blankies on?
3: I'd like them to help me with the Jer- the Queen's jury duty challenge. It's know. something that you helped me with. Okay. Both of you did. Dur-Duty
1: challenge. Oh yes, yes. Oh, so, yeah, right. I remember mm-hmm. this.
3: I had jury duty, and the last time I was in jury duty before that, they played Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> for everyone. And I live in Queens, so jury duty is about like 600 people gathered from all walks of life who all gather and wait in a room, and they play a movie for them. And the one time that I went, they chose Mrs. Doubtfire, and it was a hit. Right, Everybody <laughs> loved it. Such a quotable it. movie. And it just it hits all things. So the question that I posed to the Blanky community, and I posed to Griffin and David separately, is, what is the perfect jury duty movie? It is a movie that, A, uh, needs to entertain all ages and backgrounds, Mm -hmm. B, not contain anything offensive that would offend anyone, and C, it cannot contain anything that would contaminate a possible juror for a case that they're about to sit on. So, that is the question. Here's the answers that I got at the time. I got Inside Out. That was David. He was pushing for that. Mm -hmm. Shrek. Father of the Bride. Catch Me If You Can. Jurassic Park, The Greatest Showman. That was Griffin. Yeah, The Greatest of Showman. Own. I
1: was proud of that one. I thought yeah. that was a really good yeah. pick.
3: My Big Fat Greek Wedding, Captain Ron. Although
2: my only beef with Showman was like the the real legacy of E.B. Farnham is, uh, is not so good. Is a hot button.
1: But but I think that's what makes it the perfect jury duty movie. Is it's like we scrubbed everything from it. Yeah. Um, I think my Big Fat Greek Wedding probably held that spot for a solid eight years straight. Yeah, I think we're just out of that movie's reign of dominance.
3: Right. Uh, the Majestic said Rob Malone, and I think The Princess Bride. Yeah. Yeah. So, think of what is the best jury duty movie? Here's the other thing I need help with. <laughs> you
1: have to send it to David. You have to, send it to David. It has David. To be David care of David. <laughs> it has to go to David.
3: All this has to go to David. <laughs> it could be a
1: postcard. It could be a letter.
3: I've recently joined Letterboxd.
2: Oh sure, I didn't have, do I follow you? I don't know. Okay, maybe because Letterboxd, doesn't, I guess, doesn't really alert you when like your friends join. Yeah, exactly. Right? Also, I don't them.
3: do the other social media, so it wouldn't know that we know each other. But La-dee-da. okay, David's lost his mind now. He just made a <laughs> face that was not consistent with the situation we were in.
2: <laughs> What's your profile like? JDM Auto. Yeah. yeah. Um. There you are.
3: Yeah, there I am. Oh. So. There is a, a, a list that I'm trying to curate of a type of film that I... Bu- it's a good uh, list. A, fi- a film that a features... List. Which one were you looking at?
2: Movies that contain hideouts with skateboarding and or arcade machines.
3: Yes. So there is a trope in cinema <laughs> uh-huh. that I'm trying to trace. <laughs> I
2: think it might be a dead trope, but there was a moment there in the early 90s when first it was live action alive and, the turtles, and breathing. Right? Okay. Uh, yes. s- second he has here, but I would say the first. Uh, it's the second one that has it, doesn't it? You know, no, I've never seen
1: one. Ooze, but the first one definitely first has one it. first one has
2: it. I have seen both. It's been a long the, time. Because the
3: Foot Clan have one with skateboarding and stuff like that. That's yeah, yeah. the first yeah. one, I yeah.
2: Is that the first one? That's the first one. I've
1: never seen Ooze, so it has to be the first one. Maybe also it's has Hook. It might be both. Double I've
3: Dragon. Hook, uh-huh. Double Dragon, the Power Core, and the Double Dragon, they have a place with skateboarding arcade machines. Rumble in the Bronx, Jackie breaks into a place that has mm-hmm. a bunch of arcade machines and yeah. pool tables and things like that and fights them. And then Hook, obviously the Lost yeah, Boy skateboarding. A lot. Yeah. I'm looking for other movies that contain, it's probably gonna be 80s, 90s, that contain yeah. clubhouses where there's skateboarding and arcade machines. And it's the idea is like, this is like the, the coolest place for these either rebels or bad guys or whatever to hang out. Do you out think
1: with. Richie Rich has that in it? Just by, you know. I was thinking blank check. Interesting,
3: but I, is it a clubhouse or is it just the. A room in the mansion. Right. It might be. Blank if check's if the there's borderline, mu- yeah. If there's multiple kids in it, I think it counts.
1: Okay.
2: Richie Rich? Doesn't he have something like that? I just said that. Oh, yeah. sorry. God, it's like you're not even
1: listening. I think going to I wasn't that. I'll put that down, <laughs> Richie Rich. I think I, mean, I remember tu-
4: that- you've been tuning
1: out. This <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely stuff. Once, like or- I assume, our listener. <laughs> Once he like makes human child friends, he's like come right. over. I've I built a that- room for you. I remember that he has a McDonald's. That's the like, thing. Everyone. Remembers. Oh my god! You that's have insane. a McDonald's right. in your house. Yeah. Like that's like the whole
2: thing. Yeah. Which now seems. Imagine
3: being the silly. staff member that had to work there at that McDonald's.
2: Well, it's I mean, on the plus side, it's kind of like when you're like the fire department yeah. that's on City Island, where it's like, look. There's, like, three fires a year. I mean, yes. mostly we just kind of, like, make chili. It's like right, exactly. it's like
1: Barbara Streisand's <laughs> underground shopping mall. Right, right. You, you know about this, right? No. Barbara Streisand loves shopping, but she is so famous now that she can't do it anymore. So underneath her home, she has built an underground recreation of a shopping mall with employees where there are many items in multiple sizes and large quantities, and she can pick what she wants to buy.
3: Weird. Well, I, there's, like, that Michael Jackson thing where they rented out the grocery store yeah, and then hired people to act like other grocers to walk around so that he could have the experience of being in a grocery store. She
1: just wants to be able to go into her he's basement. He's normal, right? MJ? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's normal. Yeah, yeah, totally he's dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Is that not normal? Pretty abnormal. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. I don't know. I don't like dead people. Um, She will go into her underground shopping mall and be like, do you have this in gray? And they're like, no, sorry, we're out. And she wants that experience. And then she
3: shakes and her head shakes and the person's eyes start bleeding she's like i said (laughs) do you have this
1: in gray no but that's the weird yes yes ma'am is it's like barbara streisand's version of bdsm is like rather than just getting all the clothing items she wants she wants to be able to replicate the experience of not necessarily being able to find what she wants in her size or her color right i i just think that's amazing i love it yeah i love it i was looking for a more interesting word but i ended up on amazing is a good one yeah
2: Anything else on the old chapters?
1: The last thing
3: <laughs> is I made a list of, because I want to talk NBA with David. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, but okay, I, knew Griff, I knew Griffin yeah. wouldn't like it. Yeah. So I made a list of every current NBA player that has ever been in a movie.
1: Okay. Wow. It's not that many. Okay. Uncle Drew.
3: Rajon Rondo was in Just Right. Okay. Vince Carter, like Mike. Tony Parker was an Asterix at the Olympic Games. Wow. Uh, Thanks, uh,
1: John Wick 3, Parabellum.
3: Uh yeah, Boban Marjanovic yeah. was in uh, Blake scene. Griffin was in a bunch of stuff, The Female Brain being one of them. Dwight Howard was in Just Right as well, Freebirds, Three Stooges, Aaron Gordon, Uncle Drew, <sighs> Kyrie Irving, Uncle Drew, LeBron James in Trainwreck, and Kevin Durant in Thunderstruck. And I think that's it for NBA players that've wow. been in movies. It's
1: got to be more. current.
2: Current.
3: Current NBA players. Yeah, cuz I was gonna Currently say. in the league.
1: Current. Oh, current It's
4: the dog's name from Airbud.
3: We should see what his star meter is. Buddy? Did you know IMDb won't let you search by animal? What? Do you think, okay, here's a side, here's a tangent. First tangent of the episode. First tangent of the episode. Do you Go think, on. A, do you think CGI animals replacing animal actors is good or bad for the industry or
1: for animals at large? I think it's a multifaceted question. I think it's good for animals. I think it's bad for the industry. Um, no, I'm going to say this. I'm going to correct this. I think it's good for animals. I think it's good for the industry. I think it's bad for the art form. Got it. And ultimately, I think on a humane level, the first two outweigh the third. But I do think movies suffer because of it. Okay. David? Griffin's like, take seems fine to me. I like uh, the good old David's, days. I
3: think, writing an article right now. Yeah, yes. I'm like
2: totally so I like I'm
1: the sorry. good old days where like a lion could just scalp beyond the bond.
3: Yes, that's one of the great... Ben, have you seen Roar? No.
1: We saw that together, right?
3: Oh, yeah. Ben, this is your movie.
1: What's it about?
3: Oh, my gosh. Okay,
1: Tippy Hedren, star of The Birds. Okay. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, fell in love with a man who uh, worked in the peripheries of the entertainment industry but was obsessed with lions. Oh, I've heard of this. And he was like, we should make a lion yeah. movie that really captures the majesty of lions. He had lions living in the house. It was Tippi Hedren, a then-teenage uh, Melanie Griffith, and this man whose name I'm forgetting.
3: I forget what his name
1: is. Um, and they had lions living with them, and they would, like, invite them in and do, like, People magazine photo shoots that were, like, them lounging in the living room with lions and being like, look, lions are beautiful. We can coexist. And he was like, I want to make a movie about this family living with lions. So he made a very loosely scripted movie in which the three of them play the exact same roles they had within that family that shot within their house, but he brought in a real film crew, and it was a disaster. It shot for, like, three years. People he, were
3: mauled constantly.
1: Jan right. de Bont who later became the director of Speed. Okay. But before that was like the cinematographer of Die Hard. Like one of the most important people in the last 30 years of action filmmaking. Sure. That was one of his first films and he was literally scalped.
3: A line bit his
1: head off. They reattached it. Sure.
4: Because he he went on to make Speed. Yes.
1: He bit his head off. And well, first he just kept it and then sort of shook him around. Wait, did bit. he,
4: was he involved in Face Off? Maybe he got an idea there. No, <laughs> he scalp was involved off. in Scalp Off. <laughs>
1: scalp Off. <laughs> That's the movie where John David's Travolta back. and Nicolas Cage swap hair <laughs> Guys, I am so out of it. I obviously What's, wrong? Know, I know
2: What's about wrong? I don't know. Do we have more to say? I feel like Totoro is like Here's the thing about one Totoro. of the ten most important movies ever made, and I'm worried we talked about it for about 20 minutes. All right, like, I'm well, like genuinely worried about it. Okay, yeah. In the, in the same way that Toy like, is only in ten, I think it's arguably of one of the ten most important. Make films your stump ever speech made.
1: then. I no, believe, I'm just. I'm
2: like, th- th- I, even th- though there are Miyazaki's, I prefer. Mm. I. It just feels like maybe the most important animated movie Make of all this time. argument I believe it is. I don't think there's a movie that's better at capturing like yes, being a child. Right. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm like when I'm oh, I'm looking at you and staring because I'm processing. I'm like. What would the rivals be to that? I, I
1: truly. That's little why I t-
2: Fugitive, one of my favorite movies of all time. That's little sort rascal. of up there. <laughs> little fans, of course.
1: The little Rascals, Sandlot, uh, <laughs> Richie Rich, <Red. laughs> about the joy of being a child. Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Jack
2: I, uh, I would say Jack of course, of course he's, you know young at heart uh, uh, insomnia right. of course Benjamin of course, Button, that works kind of worse than a reverse but- <laughs> honey I blew up the kid <laughs> right he's <laughs> very big very big I love
1: that uh, honey, uh, honey uh, I shrunk blew- the kid honey I shrunk the audience I <laughs> shrunk
3: <laughs> honey we shrunk ourselves <laughs> okay here's I generally believe
0: mm.
3: I mean it's my number three movie of all time sure and it's I believe the best animated film of all time right uh-huh. And I believe it is the high point for Miyazaki. Um, I know there's other people that love like Mononoke, or but I truly believe that this is the exact combination of his skill as an animator and a visionary and telling a story that is uh, relatable to all of humanity. Right. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, I know this I is do. an overall theme for this miniseries, but we haven't covered many directors who have this phenomenon. And I always find this fascinating in any sort of art form, any sort of performance, any sort of creative field. The people who seemingly uh, are, like, tortured by doing the thing that they're great at. Yeah. Constantly want to leave it behind. And then every time they do, realize they know nothing else. Like, they seemingly have this relationship where every time they're like, I can't do this any longer. And then when they're away for a table for, like, a minute, they're like, fuck, something's, like, calling me back.
3: Right. Yeah, because Miyazaki famously keeps having films that he's like, this is my last one. Sure. Done. And then it's like, okay, one more.
1: Um, It seems like it's a very torturous process for him. Well, he
2: did say in this interview, it's his final line in the interview, I experienced tremendous happiness when I was making this film. So this might have been an outlier for him.
3: Yeah. It's also interesting, something to note about Miyazaki, too, is that he has a tenuous relationship with Japan as a country, as his home country. Mm-hmm. Uh He's constantly talking about how at ter- certain times of his life, he's like, I hate Japan. I don't like Japan. I don't let a-. And talking about post-war Japan and having all these feelings about the cinema post-war Japan. It's like, it's very interesting. And so this is a movie where he talks about having, falling back in love with his home country and where he grew up and that idea of land and mm-hmm. home being this thing that's really important to him. So you think of a lot of his other movies, it's a lot about not being home. Mm -hmm. It's a lot about being Mm -hmm. out, away from things. And so this one is very about, like, it centers around a home, a place that all feels comfortable and safe. And I think that's also an interesting aspect of it, too, because it feels like one of the few times where he reckons with some of those feelings.
1: Here's a Miyazaki phenomenon that I find fascinating. That Why not talk about it here? Yes. Um, Because of tensions between China and Japan, and because of China only becoming a real major film market recently, all of his films have been seeing release in China for the first time in wide theatrical releases. They're not re releases, they're like finally the gates are open. And all of them have been doing crazy well. And in fact, Toy Story 4 underperformed in China, a country where Toy Story does not have much of a cultural right. legacy, and was just fucking whooped by Spirited Away, right. which was like top of the box office. Spirited Away, a movie that's, like, 15 years old, was playing, like, a blockbuster in China. And it's this thing that we've been talking about a little bit in different episodes where it's, like, for how voracious a film market China has become and for how much American studios are trying to chase China, they have pretty wide and varied tastes. Yes. Like, we talked about, like, shoplifters and, like, Capernaum were, like, huge fucking hits in China. Like there are foreign films that are being released in China that are difficult art house films that are playing like blockbusters. There are old Japanese animated films that are playing like blockbusters. Like they're not just like give us whiz bang, give us franchises. Yes, right, right, right. Even right. though the the franchises do well there, there seems to be like at the same time that it's like exploding as a commercial film market, there is like a new appreciation for film as an art form. I wonder if I can find That I'm very that jealous can. of.
3: Well, here's something that I, that ties into that also yeah. is uh I think Totoro is specifically very interesting because I think when people think of especially people that have not seen My Neighbor Totoro, like
2: Ben, before you yeah, we're going to do that box up this weekend. That's more interesting.
1: The Chinese one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Before... It came out like a year ago? Yeah, it was 18, very 18? recent.
2: Yeah. Uh
4: December 2018. Yeah, wow.
0: Before
3: you saw this movie, what did you think it was about?
4: They had mentioned that you could find a magical monster in the woods. Right. If you left the house one day, you might just be lucky. So all I knew was that there was like a big monster. And I feel like between... And he was a neighbor. Yeah. Well, I saw that in the title and I was like, okay, so they're friendly monsters. Sure.
3: But like through all the merchandising and all of the sort of depiction of Totoro, because it's become the sort of Mickey Mouse of uh, Studio Ghibli, is... I think it gets reduced into being like a Mickey Mouse, a Disney kind yeah, of thing mascot. where it's like, oh, there's a mascot. It's a fun thing. But I do think this is a film that is beyond that. And I think that's why, like, for some people, it's easier to take movies ser- more seriously that are like Spirited Away or other movies where it's like, oh, this is an adult story told through the lens. It's like this, for some people, I think, feels like it is a kid's story mm-hmm. that is for children. But I would press you to think of it's an age group that, would watch this film and not love it, right? This is a film six-year-old that I think works for everybody.
1: But I'll say, too, I mean, you speaking about sort of like the perception this movie has, I, having seen it as a six-year-old, was like, is like barely in it. It's mostly the kids being sad about their right. mom, and Totoro's only got like a few scenes, and they're kind of quiet and like melancholy. Mm. And I, in my head, was like, I must have been an impatient kid, and I'm sure. misremembering. There has right. to be a lot more Totoro, even if it takes a while for him to come in. But it never does sort of become that E.T. symbiotic, he's the key to the whole movie No, he
2: he serves no real plot function. It's not
1: like at the end they're like, Totoro has the thing that we need to do
2: the thing.
1: Like, you know, the cat bus
2: shows up and takes him around, which is
1: great. And that the biggest conflict in the movie is, like, did she run away? Yeah. And and I was like, oh, is there now going to be some trite thing where, like, she has to use Totoro to find her sister? But it's so pointedly not that. No. Yeah.
3: And I I think that's what I think is important about this movie, too, is it is a wildly successful film that is a beautiful film that also touches on all these things that filmmakers talk about believing in but Mm -hmm. rarely stick to, which is Mm. the idea that this is about moments and experiences. is not a story with villains and bad guys and good guys. Because how many people talk a big game like that, myself included? And then when it comes time,
2: they're like, well, right. It's like, well, we need need a a bad
3: guy, we need a prop, we need a thing. How do we keep the audience engaged? And this is a movie that it flies by. And every moment you are engaged, but it's not because you're like, uh-oh.
1: I agree. This I is going to happen.
3: I, so I, 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 that's why I think it is one of the most important films of I, all time.
1: I just think it's fascinating that like 30 years later that can get a wide release in a new country and people are like, yep, 100% down and removing the cultural ubiquity of that character as an icon, it's not an obvious crowd-pleasing film. But then even just sort of reading, and this was before Miyazaki had like, you know, sort of had finally developed this reputation in the States when he was still this kind of like secret. Like, do you know there's this guy in Japan? Yeah. Fox apparently made $60 million off of the VHS in 1994. that's insane. Or 95. Like, it was like a big fucking success for them. Right. I also, I take kids. Yeah, but, I mean, think about uh, how much kid stuff doesn't work on that level. I understand that was like a VHS boom. Yeah. And I know the moment when the Miyazaki film started coming out on DVD also totally coincided with peak DVD boom. Yeah. When Disney got the rights, it was like the height of DVD sales. Right. When people were just like, I got this machine. like, like, Let me own these DVDs. But it also was this fascinating thing. How many special features? Uh, G-Kids, who now has all the Ghibli rights. Yeah uh i i was talking to the guy who runs it and he was like that's the thing that's really fucking saved us and kept our lights on because of the fact that he doesn't allow them on streaming that you can't rent them digitally they perform so much better than most physical media right like it's like they always had their solid performance chunk and then everything else has gone down right in the same way that like Weird Al Yankovic now charts number one, but he's like, but these are the lowest album sales I've ever had. <laughs> right, right. It's just that my audience has stayed consistent. It's like you can go to any Walmart, any Best Buy, like any super mass retail big box that still has a physical media section, and they will have every Ghibli movie, even if otherwise their selection has become more and more sparse. Right. Because there is this like sense of like, these are fucking special, and they continue to sell. I would contend, that I
3: take a little bit of umbrage, especially in these lists and this and that, when people talk about the best films of all time, and it's like always like Beauty and the Beast or mm-hmm. whatever, like it's always Beauty
2: and the Beast. When they always. talk about
3: animated films, it's yeah. all it's always these like <laughs> classic American films and Toad Run things like that are up there, but yeah. I believe those films age, and I think this is a
2: film that doesn't really age. I think so. I think it's fair about Beauty and the Beast. And- I mean, we're going to talk about Kiki soon, Griffin. Yeah, which is a movie that came out the same year as Little Mermaid, uh-huh. and is like an fascinating. Talk about Kiki next week. Uh, yes, on this podcast. Yeah. Yes, and is a fascinating comparison yeah. to it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and does feel a little more like applicable to now whereas The Little Mermaid when you watch it I love that movie yeah. but you're like Jesus Christ like she never even met the guy and she's fucking selling her voice you know like there are things where you're like oh if I showed this to a kid I'd maybe want to talk to them well, about like gender shit. roles and things you know like princesses and, like, yeah. they, you know.
1: Shit, and I'm sure we will have talked about this in the Lion King episode sure after we've seen the movie in 4DX <laughs> but I did <laughs> I was very much a kid who was like on the Disney tip Yes, totally yes. bought into the like the the sales pitch of the Disney magic, you know, like this is Disney's thirty third original completely animated film. Like I would like <laughs> be like selling <laughs> right. the you line. weren't just right. you didn't just want to see Disney, yeah. You knew the Disney marketing lingo totally, mm-hmm. but uh, I have very little nostalgia for any of those movies, mm. and especially the Renaissance ones, which were coming out at the time that I was that target audience. Yeah. I would rewatch far less than the early ones. The ones that were more sad and more slow. The new ones that came out, I would see them. I would love them. I would freak out. I'd buy the soundtrack, this and that. And then, like, six months later, they would fade. And I know I'm in a minority there because most of these have had more stickiness with people. But I did, like, a rewatch of a bunch of them uh, five or six years ago when Netflix briefly had, like, the majority of the Renaissance movies streaming. Right. And the one that I think is my favorite from that renaissance run, from, like, whatever it is, 89 to, uh, you know, 99, if you want to say, you know? Right. Is Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is simultaneously the one that has aged the best and aged the worst. Which I haven't seen that one in years. The best stuff in Hunchback is incredible because mm. it has so much fucking integrity and so much commitment to what it's doing. And then the stuff that's, like, disney that movie stands mm-hmm. out so hard. And there's shit like Jason Alexander as the wisecracking womanizing gargoyle. Right. That could only happen in that one specific year that it came out. Right. And you're just like, this holds up horribly. Right. But, but Miyazaki movies, Ghibli films don't have that. Like, they don't feel connected to that. Moment in which they came out in that same sort of, and they of never way. had the person who was like, "Can there be a wisecracking gargoyle in Totoro?" Or what? You know, we need right, to yeah. make it more like this. We need to hire this musician. Can there to be do a funny dog? A song? Right. right. Yeah. We have to update this from what the original story was. Or yeah.
3: Here is another thing that I think is interesting that also I think taps into some of the like, um, not having anything controversial to say about this movie. Right. And it's changed a little bit in recent years with documentaries, but, um. I don't think Miyazaki is someone that holds the same intrigue or drama or public persona that a lot of the blank check directors do in the sense that,
2: <laughs> well, but he does though. But, but he, if... I feel
3: like he does now. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying like his personality is becoming more and more out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm less, like, you know, when you talk about Tim Burton, it's one thing to be like, oh, and then is this and he's this and he's making this. Yeah. With Miyazaki, it's sort of, and maybe it's, there's maybe an American perspective, someone that's just away from that and does not have exposure to that but it feels like him as a person feels like less of a presence in the culture outside of his movies and so the films are able to stand on their own and so i feel less of a discussion that i need to have where it's like oh boy here's this person making this crazy choice and this is know this know point what's in there really
1: yeah. interesting about him he is a mogul within his own film industry but he's yeah, a right. mogul who is seemingly uninterested in business and money right Like, my dad was talking to this G-Kids guy. Well, we we ran into him at a screening, right? Yeah. My dad knew him. I didn't know him when I was talking to him because I'm a dumb animation nerd, as David would say. And I had all these questions. And my dad was, like, overhearing, and he was like, wait, he doesn't let his movies on streaming? And the guy was like, no. And my dad was like, but when's he going to change on that? Right. And he was like, he's never going to. He's not going to change. I mean, it may be when he dies. And my dad was like, what do you mean? mean?" And he was like, the G-Kids guy was like, he has a modest house. And he's happy with his life.
3: And he's not the best guy. No.
1: No. This is what I'm saying.
2: He seems like kind of a tough guy. And also this. Not as tough as Takahata who has the real reputation. I guess when I was talking
1: about these people who like the thing that they seem so naturally good at seems weirdly torturous for them. I find that those people also have an arc where it's like when they start out it's pure joy. And then every successive time they have to do another project it takes more out of them. And the joy diminishes to a weird degree. Like at first it's like, I love this. This makes me so happy. Like maybe Totoro is the peak of that for him. Right. And then it starts to be like more of this weird like Faustian bargain. Not to make them sound tortured, you know? Right, right. But that it's like it it becomes less of a um, blissful organic expression and more of a sort of like surgery for them to get these things out of their system. And the fact that Miyazaki is like someone who has a complete blank check because it's his studio, because the films have such catalog value, Mm -hmm. because they merchandise so well, Mm -hmm. that he sort of can do whatever he wants. There's no sort of career machinations of, I should do this type of movie now, I should do that. Seems to totally follow his muses. I know, which is funny considering that like there's a theme
2: park based basically on the way he draws the world, right? right? You know what I mean?
1: Like there are video games, there's, you know, like there's a whole style of thinking. The balance between the ways in which he is really protective of his brand and the ways he isn't. I mean, he's kind of like Jim Henson in that sense, Mm. because Jim Henson had the same thing where he was like, look, there's going to be merchandise. I have to do it. It's a necessary. Sure. He wasn't going to be holy about it because like, yeah, right. But he talks a lot about like his like frustration with it. And then he was like, look, well, if I don't make it, someone else is going to make it. And if making it is a way to, like, you know, endear, like, strengthen the relationship between the children and these characters, then I just want to make sure that the merchandise is good and curated. I want to be high quality and I don't want to be exploitative and, like, stuff like that, right? It feels like Miyazaki's got that sort of relationship where it's also, like, this is what keeps the lights on. Mm -hmm. If I sell enough Totoro plushes and continue to sell them for 15 years. I can make these other movies and I can let other people make these movies and this and that. Yeah. Um, need to read more about it, about, yeah, how it all works. Very early on when we met. Yes. As friends. Yeah. We were talking about this movie. Back in the TCGS days. Exactly. Yeah. Like at a, a Lincoln Park, the bar it, named it, after the band. We were
2: walking to Lincoln Park. We
1: would always go after hey. the film. And I said to you, you know, you know, the thing that I love the most
2: about Totoro, and you said, David, I don't know what, what you're going to say, but I do know that this is why we're becoming such good friends. Like you said something like, you remember this? Do you remember no, I'm I don't about? remember you, it know, all. Like, you were like, I don't know what you're going to say, but I'm excited about the way that you asked that question. And I feel like it suggests, you know, great things ahead for us. I,
1: feel I like love that. You yeah. and I had that moment early on where we were like, we both think that Jim Henson is one of the 10 most important artists who's ever yeah. lived. And you were like, oh, this isn't someone who likes the Muppets. This is someone who is like, has specific things. Yes, to yeah, to say about right, right, right.
2: You, you realize that right? It's that way.
4: It's not like
1: yeah. Kermit's cute.
3: And Ben <laughs> yeah. and I were like, yeah. he's cute. Ernest is one of the greatest comedians of modern history. I'm like
4: the, the pen bit.
3: That's one of the great. And is found
2: as some sort of Totoro beanbag plushie. What is, it? is so that? Is that full
1: full size though? Oh, but he's got the little uh, leaf.
3: lotus leaf. There's there's the Totoro beds. Oh man, full size beds.
1: David, I found a really good piece of Ghibli merchandise for you that you're gonna get later in this miniseries. Oh. Very exciting. It's a little thing, and I think you're going to love it. It's not going to be a cumbersome, burdensome, where do great. I put this thing? I which, love th- which soda The other is thing, it? Joanna, Joanna
2: also adores these movies. I'll tell you. Which soda it is? <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. I'll tell you off jo- my... Joanna also adores these movies, so I feel like... The, you know, like the, it'd be less of an like it's less of a thing where like basically every day join us. Like, when can we get rid of the forky mask? Like, you know, like he's yeah. asking yeah. me that. Well, of course he's competition. Exactly,
1: he's <laughs> just setting you up for that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but, but, all right,
1: but oh, no, but also I was gonna say I saw this thing out in the wild. I walked into a store and oh, saw you saw this, the the item, okay? And Not I went, "Holy wrong. shit, David! Would David like it if I got this for him?" And then I saw. An element of the item I didn't notice at first, and I went, uh-huh. I will be a bad that friend if I it. don't right. get that, this for Dave.
2: So you have it,
1: you're saying, but it hasn't
2: appeared. Like, Griffin, you got have me the a, item, but you're, you haven't produced it yet. I haven't produced right. it. Right, okay.
3: Griffin also got me a birthday present, and it was a uh, the worm from Labyrinth. Yes, one it. to one scale, a very detailed nice. model. It's got you hair,
1: uh, real hair. On. It's the, not the plush one, which yeah. I have. Two of those. Yeah, no, but it's like a like a polystone kind yeah. of, yeah.
2: Um, so anyway, the thing I was going to say to you at Lincoln Park was that, 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 right, the whole thing is, I feel like, at a five-year-old's eye level, yeah. like, not only uh, story-wise, but visual-wise, but mm. I feel like we said that. Yeah. But that was my big insight as we were walking to a bar on a Tuesday night at, like, midnight. It's hard Wednesday. when a movie is, it's, it's Wednesday, Wednesday night. Tuesday was uh, trivia. That was back when our weekend was Tuesday, Wednesday. Remember
1: we used to say that? Yes, like it,
2: Tuesday was trivia, Wednesday those are the was two we that show, the two it, nights
1: show. It's also that crazy that uh Getherd show and Videology like both sort of like the same. yeah, yeah like, and I was true. like those are my 20s. Yeah. Yeah. My 20s were those two things. Yeah. The friendships connected to those two things.
2: I have, those trivia nights were so fun. They were great. Yes.
1: Um, here's the box office game from China. I'm going to say this cuz I want to hold ourselves to it. I think we got to organize a trivia night. I know we've talked about it before. we said that. We we're going to do one it. at Videology right before it closed. Right. I think we just need to, like, fucking do it. We can do it at Nighthawk, maybe. I think we've discussed that. Maybe. Yep.
3: Blank check fans come out. That's the idea. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Do a fun one. We run it. Yeah. Your friends come. Fun one. Our fun one come. that we run. A fun, a fun run. Alex a fun can run.
2: do a guest round. JD can do a guest round. Yeah,
3: you know, yeah I know what my guest round will be about.
1: I was like, like we can't commit to a weekly thing, but I'd like no, to be like, just, every couple of months, we might do a little we trivia. We do night. it,
2: see how it goes. Uh, Number one at the Chinese box office, December 14th, 2018. But I think it might be the biggest hit of the year, biggest non Chinese hit of the 2014, year.
3: 2014. 18. 18. Oh, 2018. So it's an
1: American film. Yeah. 2018. Was it the number one American film at the box office? Did it overperform Avengers. in China? No. So it's not uh, Infinity War? No. And it's not Black Panther? No. It's not a Marvel? No. Is it a Disney? No. It's not a Disney?
2: No. It's.
3: Going to
1: be, it's not Fate of the Furious. No, it is good. It's a good movie. Yeah, really. You said yeah. that with such satisfaction. Is it Aquaman? Aquaman was the number I don't, one. Okay, I, don't.
2: I was just like that movie did so insanely well in China. I was like, is that arguably China's biggest domestic, you know, American yeah. hit of the year? Let's find out.
1: I still feel like the biggest American film in China is Fate of the Furious. Uh, no, but in 2018, I mean. I don't mean all I time. Know, I know, I know. Uh, uh, but Infinity
2: War was actually slightly more. Aquaman was the second biggest okay.
1: American movie. Okay, uh, But yeah, I mean, Aquaman. Yeah, movie, we both said this when we saw it. We yeah, were like, for I don't know if this is going to do well here. It's going to do great in China. was surprised by how well it did here. It did well everywhere. $1.1 $1. 1 billion, the highest grossing DC movie of all time. Wow. I yeah. believe. Yeah. Like, right? With a bullet? We When we did our Aquaman episode, we completely flipped the actual outcome in our predictions for that versus Mary Poppins. Yes, exactly. Maddie right. Poppins. Uh, she returned. God, that Rob Marshall, he must be so pleasant to work for because people sure like doing it.
3: Have you guys ever been to England?
2: Uh, what? <laughs> uh, number two is my neighbor okay. Totoro. Yeah, get out of here, Ben.
1: He's got to go get the mail. Bunch of soda cans already came.
2: In. Uh, number three is a uh, Indian film.
1: So there's a lot of crossover there with yeah, Bollywood. Yeah.
2: Um, inspired by the life of a famous social entrepreneur. A social entrepreneur. I don't know why. I mean, I'm just like, why would you know this movie? It's called Padman. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> but then the other two, you'll know. This is all right. So okay. number four, okay. animated film. Um, I think Griffin was refused to see it. He has various hangups about it. Frozen mm. two? No, no, no. Frozen two hasn't even come out yet. <laughs> it might have come out fart. earlier in China. <laughs> Real early. <laughs> okay. uh, an adaptation? Nutcracker in the Four Realms.
1: No, but Christmassy. Oh. oh, oh, oh! I think you're talking about me, the Grinch. This is what the Grinch sounds like when voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Why are you so mad about it? He doesn't. Why like would you Benedict hire does. Benedict Cumberbatch? You ever heard him trying to say penguin? Yeah, it sounds like how the Grinch would say penguin. Have you ever heard this? Hey,
3: did you audition for this? Is this what's going on here?
1: No, what angers me is that they paid him probably $2 million to seemingly do an impression of me when I don't want the Grinch to sound like me.
3: <laughs> so you're mad that the Grinch sounded like yeah, you? Yeah,
1: he's like, oh, I don't know. I hate Christmas.
3: <laughs> uh, have it's you a seen Benedict
5: it? Benedict Cumberbatch could have been the Grinch. Have you seen it? No, i oh, refuse oh, to oh, see it. The
3: Grinch. It? The Grinch. No, I don't. I have no interest in the Grinch. All right,
2: fine. Fair I'm enough. sure it's great. No one's seen the Grinch. J.D. is kind of the Grinch of Grinch movies. Clearly.
3: I'm the Grinch Grinch.
2: The other movie <laughs> in the top 10 uh-huh. is, it's an American movie. I believe it had an Indian director. Hmm. It was kind of a sleeper hit of 2018, like a small movie, uh, very small scale. Mm-hmm. I saw this movie just on a whim with Emma Stefanski, and she can testify that I like spent the whole time just like squirming
1: and shrieking oh, in oh, my seat. Oh, oh, oh. I know exactly what this is Fair from enough. your experiencing Fair this. Fair enough. This is the film searching. Yes. I mean, I saw I gave myself 40X watching that movie. Yeah.
2: That movie yeah. rules.
1: That movie's really good. I I'm actually I'm still jealous of you for putting John Cho in your best actor ballot. Oh yeah. Incredible performance. Yeah. Uh very
2: very demanding <gasps> That guy's so good. He is so good. Have you seen Searching? No. It's the movie that plays out entirely on a desktop screen. Oh, I've heard of this. You great. Would You'd like it. it. Okay. It's very inventive. And it it out. It's fun. Some people don't like the twist. I think the twist is great. I didn't I see the twist great. coming. No.
1: Yeah. I think it's pulpy. I think it's really well made. I think John Cho is like, uh, he's, he's one of those guys who can do anything. I agree. Any genre, any size role. Did um, you guys
3: know the sequel to Agent Cody Banks? is Agent Cody Banks 2, Destination London. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, we knew that. Is there wait? Reason? How did
2: you that? Oh. Well, I once pulled a Cody Banks of my own and made my destination London. What? Displing zing! you already forgot?
1: <laughs> Displing zing? Displing zing? Displing zing?
2: Islington. When I was. <laughs> Displing.
1: Dis-bling- Displing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh God.
0: Oh, this we're Cigarette. playing the
3: Chinese box office game right now for a Japanese
2: movie. You can't get mad at American me after Podcast. the shit you pulled on this episode. You maniac. <laughs> give me that piece of paper. Give it to me now. Okay. God, you're like, I love Totoro, the greatest animated movie of all time. Great. Now let's talk about the NBA
1: ops. The other thing you said was cancel all of your plans. <laughs> yeah, you did.
2: You said you were going to get the homework, schedule. and you never did. I
3: didn't. I had a oh. crazy week.
2: Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. What was the homework going to be?
3: Um, it was just going to be some things, some discussion topics. Some of this stuff we got the most of it.
1: Okay. Can I just say, just because like I gotta say it. Sure. And I can't talk about what it was, but I found out right before I came to record here that I didn't get a job that I thought I was going to get that would have had me in London for two and a half London. months. Yeah. Two months. And the bit Your potential. a real <laughs> agent, Cody Banks, too. I know the bit potential was like half the reason it you was wanted like, this job. Be so incredible. <laughs> And I'm just like sitting here and like, this has been a nice episode and I love being like, here with some of my best like friends. You're like folding
2: up all these bits and like putting them in a. I I am. Just like yeah, I started exactly. sort of like planning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, sorry, go on, go on.
1: No, I just thought it was going to be so, there was so much potential. I'm sorry.
2: I'm sorry you didn't get the gig. You guys have to do a live show in London.
1: Do we? Yes. <laughs> all right. So you can see it for the first time.
3: And you can go watch a movie on the wrong side of the road.
1: <laughs> David. David just threw a bag of subjects against the wall, picked it up and threw it against the other wall. Crazy.
3: Uh.
2: <laughs> Can't believe we're
1: doing two of these tomorrow.
2: And then you can do a
3: segment <laughs> called Big Ben Little Ben.
1: Well, that's the other where thing. Where Ben is...
3: stands outside Big Ben.
2: Right, because we were panicked about him getting this job, we
1: scheduled a shit ton of recordings, which is great. I we're mean, literally good. recording eight episodes within six days, I think. Obviously, this is an exclusive to the London job that I didn't get. If I get any job uh, that uh, takes me away for a little while, uh, this is possible. But just because it seemed kind of immediate and like it was going to happen, I mm. was really excited to be able to experiment with shifting from ding-dong to ring-rings.
3: Do you want another ad to put in there? Ding-dong. <laughs> <laughs> Ring-ring. Hi, it's me, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <the hell>? No! No! <laughs> if you come to Disney and say blankies, we'll let you... Pissing Pirates of the Caribbean.
1: Mickey, it sounds like you've been hanging out with Ronald McDonald a lot. (laughs) you got a similar energy going on. uh, Oh,
3: yeah. Oh, uh, I'm JD. I have to leave the room. (laughs) Hey, Kings, it's me, Ronald McDonald.
2: Ah! Hey, it's me, Mickey Mouse.
3: Thank David's you. waving us off.
1: Okay. David's taking out a big vaudeville cane and he's pulling. <laughs> <laughs> David's doing a Sandman routine and, and showtime at the Apollo wait, style. And we're back. <laughs> Top dancer. Did you
4: do the whole spiel at the end?
1: No, I'm gonna do it now. Okay, good.
3: I've been JD Amato. This has been a thirty minute episode about my favorite Totoro, because Ben had to cut everything. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm right. like, keep the meat, and the meat is like one little yes. sliver of a <laughs> you know, slice of ham.
3: Yeah, it's like when people have those sandwiches from like, whatever, uh, what's the place where you get sandwiches? Subway? Yeah, no, the place for, never mind. Pass. I'm taking too much time describing this. Pass. <laughs> Next. Pret. Pratt, yeah. never mind. Okay. I'm done. I love Totoro. Blanket. Thank it.
1: <laughs> Guys. End
2: it. You end it.
3: It's your podcast. It. I'm you a guest on this podcast. Stop
1: yelling at I'm me. I'm waiting for you to give me a window, David. You won't stop talking.
2: <laughs> As I'm just like, end it, end
1: it. I can't end it if you keep on saying end it. Displink zing. <laughs> I'm going to
2: the bathroom. No, stay. <laughs> David. What's your social media? <laughs> David, I'll stand. On what? Twitter. And? What about Instagram? You can't follow me on Instagram unless I know you. It's locked. Yeah. That's why your follower counts pretty long. That's how I want. And I used to have a lot. And Joanna one day was like, can people see these pictures? And I was like, yeah. It's, yeah. And she was like, no. And yeah. I agreed with her. And email him some cans. Yeah,
1: you got to email David some cans. And don't, <laughs> you don't don't email them. Mail, mail, mail them. Mail, mail, mail them. Ben, you're the producer here.
2: If you I'm finished. a guest. If you wrap this up, we can watch the Top Gun We're Maverick trailer. We're trying to trailer. wrap it up. JD's begging the for The Top us Gun to Maverick wrap. trailer. I
1: can't do it if you're Someone talking about this Someone kill me. <laughs> Someone kill me. You gotta give me a chance to end the episode. Someone, Someone end, this. end this. Thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks to Ann for our Ding social dong. media. Oh, <laughs> let me see who this is.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, go, go.
1: Craig... <laughs> Oh my God! It's Joe Bone and Pat Reynolds for our artwork.
4: Thanks, Joe.
1: Ding dong! Who's ah. this? Creek? It's blinkies.reddit.com dot com for some real nerdy shit. Ring ring! <laughs> Let me pick this up. Who is it? Oh my God! It's Tea Public for some real nerdy shirts. Let me check the Telegraph here. In the cans in, uh, oh, it's Pokemon Patreon Go. where That's we're right. still doing Marvel commentaries because that shit never ends. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, tune in next week for Kiki's Delivery Service with the great Caroline Framke. Right. Framke's back, baby. Framke's back, and she's here to talk deliveries. Hey, Jesus Christ, calm down. And as always,
3: I love Totoro. What up, Haas? It's JD Amato. Um, I told you to call me before you watched Totoro, and I was on a call, so I missed your call. Um, and I just want to say this, if we don't talk before you watch it. I believe this is perhaps the best animated film of all time. It taps into a imaginative and simple and beautiful encapsulation of childhood that I think is lost in most modern media. So when you watch this movie tonight, I want you to do whatever you can do to make yourself comfortable, nostalgic, and transport yourself back what it was like to be a kid and that, that the thoughts and feelings and fears and ideas that you had as a kid and going to this movie just attaching to that identity of your childhood self and letting that, that little kid come out um, because I think this movie really features things that make you feel like a kid and think like a kid and depicts moments and truth and honesty from the eyes of a child in a way that I think is absolutely brilliant. Um, So if you've got some real nostalgic weed that you have to smoke or some nostalgic edibles, hit those up. You need to watch it alone in your bed, in your PJs, do that. Subs or dubs, whatever you want, Ben. I just think this movie is so delicate and beautiful and uh, I can't wait
0: for you to watch it, and I can't wait to talk about it tomorrow. I hope you have a good day, and I will talk to you soon. Goodbye.